I'm Greg Oliar. Four years ago, I stopped writing novels to report on the crimes of Donald Trump and his associates. In 2018, I wrote a best-selling book about it, Dirty Rubles. In 2019, I launched Prevail, a bi-weekly column about Trump and Putin, spies and mobsters, and so many traitors! Trump may be gone, but the damage he wrought will take years to fully understand. Join me and a revolving crew of contributors and guests as we try to make sense of it all. This is Prevail. Thanks to Noom for supporting Muller, she wrote. Sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard. Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new. Sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. This episode of Muller, she wrote is brought to you by Care Of, a subscription service that makes it easy to get vitamins, protein powders, and more personalized just for you and delivered to your door. For 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code Muller50. And finally, this episode is brought to you by the MSW Book Club. Join Jalisa, Jordan, and I as we review Russian Roulette by Isakoff and Korn, available now wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for MSW Book Club and subscribe, or head to MSWBookClub.com for more information. You'll be glad you did. This is Greg Oliar, the author of Dirty Rubles, and you're listening to Muller, She Wrote. So to be clear, Mr. Trump has no financial relationships with any Russian oligarchs. That, that's what he said. I, I, that's what I said. That's obviously what the, the, our position is. I'm not aware of uh, any of those activities. I have been called a surrogate at a time or two in that campaign, and I didn't have, not have communications with the Russians. What do I have to get involved with Putin for? I have nothing to do with Putin. I've never spoken to him. I don't know anything about him other than he will respect me. Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find the 30,000 emails that are missing. So, it is political. You're a communist. No, Mr. Green. Communism is just a red herring. Like all members of the oldest profession, I'm a capitalist. Hello, and welcome to Muller, She Wrote. I'm your host, A.G. With me, as always, is Jaleesa Johnson. Hello. And Jordan Coburn. Hello. And we are all beside ourselves this week because of the incredible outpouring of support from all of you over the weekend of live shows that we did in D.C. at the Miracle Theater and Brooklyn at the Bell House. Uh, it was so great to meet all of you and just be around you guys and just be in that community. Uh, and we can't wait to see you in Los Angeles at the Largo on April 18th. I think there are a few tickets left, so grab them while you can. Uh, there is no VIP meet and greet at Largo. If you're a patron, you know you know where we're going. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, keep an eye out for that. And uh, seriously, I had such a good time at those shows. They were fantastic. That was incredible. Probably the best time of my life. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, it was amazing to first off get to put faces to names on twitter and facebook and the people we interact with and emails and everything mm -hmm. and um yeah it was just incredible to be there with everyone that's like the venue said we have the nicest most compassionate audience and and it, you could feel it and everyone is just such a joy to talk to and it was it was so fun so thank you so much for coming out yeah they did both venues were like you this is i've been doing this for 14 years <laughs> and this your audience is clearly the 
premium audience. Yeah, Everyone most wishes generous they audience, they mm-hmm. said. Yeah, just all around amazing. Smartest audience. Mm-hmm. The best yes. people, literally. Yes, <laughs> and <laughs> the best people. <laughs> we did. We brought the best people. <laughs> we did. We found them. <laughs> For reals, though. Like, we actually did. So, uh, again, that was just so much fun. Thank you, guys. And uh, if you haven't experienced a live show, we recommend it. Uh, April 18th, Largo, Minneapolis Parkway Theater on June 14th. That'll be fun. And then we're working on adding some more cities. We're looking at coming to, what, San Francisco, Denver, Portland, Seattle, Chicago, somewhere in the south. We have to find, like, one centralized location in the south to hit. Maybe we can do a Twitter poll or something. Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea, Jordan. Yeah, because you mentioned Memphis and... Um... Nashville would be or fun. Or New Orleans. Uh, or Houston. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta would be big. Yeah. yeah. Austin's Atlanta pretty would be liberal, fun. too. Yeah. yeah. Austin's Austin, a little more west. Definitely. And very True. liberal, for sure. Sorry, Austin. <laughs> <laughs> well, Austin would be a fun one to go to, too. But yeah. I, haven't, I haven't seen how far they are on our list of... Uh, how many, top cities yeah, how many, yeah. could be like four people yeah I mean, yeah <laughs> well we yeah twitter we, poll yeah yeah we feel like people in the south would really come out maybe in a higher rate than people in other cities that might have more numbers too because it's like save me mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, it's a, true that's safe true. space yeah but in the big cities i mean all usually the big cities are, are yeah that's very true pretty blue that's very true maybe um, if we went to like athens yeah, uh, like at, yeah, home REM, that'd be badass. Ooh. Little Georgia. They're probably liberal there, huh? Because that's like a They're college town. They're super liberal there, yeah. yeah. They're very awesome people. I've never been, but uh, I hear I hear tell. Uh, also, guys, uh, we've been apparently nominated for a Webby by the Academy of Arts and Digital Sciences for Best News and Politics podcast. We had no idea. Uh, we thought when the announcements came out, uh, we were like, oh, we didn't make it. And then we got an email saying, you made it. And then we thought we only got the People's Voice nomination, and it turns out we got two nominations. Um, so we're absolutely, I'm super humbled by this because we're just three amigas. Yeah, just three gals in, talking in my lawyer. house. Just three ladies. <laughs> <laughs> we're not lawyers. We're not, you know. We're not journalists. No. My dad's a lawyer, if that counts. Oh. That's probably what, what. I think that makes me a lawyer. We owe him a. Th- yeah, that's oh, yeah. how it works. Yeah. <laughs> we owe him a debt of gratitude because that's definitely, definitely it. Uh, anyway, please vote for us for the People's Voice Award. You can get the link on the Muller She Wrote Facebook page. I've also dropped a link into our bio on Twitter at Muller She Wrote. Uh, you can also link to it from our website, MullerSheWrote.com. It is seriously a huge honor to be nominated alongside like Ellen and Lady Gaga and Conan O'Brien. Childish Gambino's mm-hmm. nominated this yeah, year. Yeah, I'm blown away. Thank you. What the frick? <laughs> I, uh, oh, Siri, I accidentally summoned Siri. Ooh. Uh, it says, hey, Siri, take me to honor to take me to honor me at Lady Gaga. <laughs> this is what I thought I was asking Siri to I do. love that so much. <laughs> Interactive media. I don't want to edit it out. I love that. No, moment. we have to leave it. That's that's fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm blown away though. And thank you to everyone that's voted for us already. We're so far number one, but we got to hold that down for about two weeks. So just keep the pressure on. <laughs> yes. And I'm sorry if we annoy you with retweets and please vote. Yes, I apologize. Um, we never ever do that. Like I've been a comedian for 10 years and I've never won. Like I think twice. I think when I was in the finals for the World Series of Comedy and when I was in the finals for uh, San Diego's Funniest Person. I was like, okay, just this one time, please vote. <laughs> um, so this might be the third time I've asked you guys, except for like voting in elections, <laughs> that I've asked you to vote. Yeah, so, that's true. If you only have one vote in you per year, save it for the elections. <laughs> and no philosophical votes, okay? I, yeah. no. <laughs> I feel like this podcast really sucks, so like on principle to try to elicit how bad it is, we should vote for it and like get it into the light, you know? <laughs> 
And don't trust the polling, okay? Even That's right. It says we're at 54%. Mm, Got to keep the, keep the pressure you on. You have to vote in numbers too big to manipulate for, That's the, right. for the Webby. Uh, and uh, thanks to our patrons who are now enjoying daily Muller She Wrote updates. If you want the daily content ad-free and access to the book club episodes ad-free before anyone else gets them, you can get all the access for as little as three bucks. Just head to patreon.com slash Muller She Wrote. Best deal in the biz. Um, joining us today for the interview from the Smartest Man in the World podcast and Whose Line Is It Anyway on the CW is Mr. Greg Proops. Woo! He will also be joining us uh, live at the Largo in Los Angeles April 18th, along with Elizabeth Cronice McLaughlin from the Resistance Live uh, show. Nice. I love her. She'll be on the panel. Proops will be the interview. It'll be fantastic. Uh, we'll be talking uh, today about the public backlash against the bar letter and the response from the Department of Justice. Jordan has a story about the inaugural um, that's new. And Jalisa has an update on a Saudi reactor, a nuclear reactor in Saudi Arabia. I'll be talking everything Barr and Mueller and the grand jury. We have a lot of Mueller news to get to. But uh, before we jump in, let's check out my new favorite segment, Corrections. It's a mistake. It's hard for me to say I'm sorry. I made a mistake. Okay, so this week, I had the honor, distinct honor, of being blocked by Kendallanian on Twitter. Uh, he had tweeted back on March 24th that the Mueller report had completely exonerated Trump. There was no collusion, no obstruction, no coordination, blah, blah, blah. And I retweeted him recently for overreacting, and he immediately blocked me, uh, and apparently many others <laughs> so because everyone was retweeting it and everybody who did got blocked uh and he refuses to correct the record apparently he doesn't have a corrections segment so today's corrections are brought to you by kendallanian that's beautiful thank you it's in his honor <laughs> it appears that because Mueller, uh, she wrote did not freak out about the bar memo we did a little but we didn't flip the fuck out kendallanian style uh we don't have too many corrections this week uh first we were wondering why the employees of Deutsche Bank, Deutsche Want Alone, would knowingly give loans to unqualified orange morons. But apparently, uh, loans count, uh, and I, I knew this, but I hadn't put these two together. Loans count as assets on a bank's balance sheet uh, because of the interest paid. Mm -hmm. And most banks have a commission structure to pay out high performers with regards to loan origination or orange nation. <laughs> um, as Trump would say. <laughs> How'd your loan originate? Uh, don't you want a loan? Uh, so that, you know, that makes sense because the more loans they sell, the more uh, performance awards they get or, the, you know, that that's that whole Wells Fargo thing that they had to go and answer to Congress to is because they were adding all these products to people who that, you know, accounts they didn't sign up for so that they could make their quote unquote quotas. Yeah, I won one of those, that little chunk of that settlement, like $14, I think, or oh. something. Oh, yeah. how nice of them. Yeah. 14 bucks. Back to the people. All right. <laughs> And meanwhile, all their CEOs are walking free. Mm. Totally okay with me. Not. Um, I just said not. Like it's like it's <laughs> nice. Channel your inner Cluedo's character. <laughs> yeah. As if. Said not. Ew. <laughs> uh, so let's see another uh, correction here. On Tuesday's daily update for patrons, we discussed the phenomenon of something that's legal but still totally shitty, uh, like perhaps. The collusion outlined in the full Mueller report that didn't rise to the level of criminality beyond a reasonable doubt, perhaps. Mm -hmm. And one of our patrons says she's heard this term before on another podcast, and they call it lawful but awful. Mm. And I like that. I, I like, like that, that a too. lot. 
Yeah, it's like uh, pretty much how Trump lives his life. Totally blameless, <laughs> like Manafort. Blameless and shameless. <laughs> lawful but awful. But also unlawful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, blameless and shameless. That's pretty great. Uh, also, I was trying to remember the name of the papers that Mike Gravel read into the record back during the Watergate years. I knew it began with a P. I was like, what is it? What is it? Uh, it was the Pentagon Papers, and I can't believe I forgot that. I'm like, it's not Panama. We just had those uh, Pentagon Papers. Yeah. You're human, hey. We were having that discussion. Be- Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, <laughs> we were having that discussion because we were hoping that someone from a House committee would read the full Mueller report and the underlying evidence into the public record as well. But given that it's almost 400 pages and that doesn't include the underlying evidence, that could take a minute. So uh, once it comes out, though, we're going to make an audio book pod. And we're going to read the whole report. Uh, we're going to use that Charlie Brown sound when um, it's adults are talking to, for redactions until until it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll do that until it gets annoying, probably. So we'll read that and then we'll also be reacting in real time. I think that that's uh, has to be that way because I won't be able to get through some of these passages without being like, what the fuck, bro? And so they'll probably be it'll like it'll be a Mystery Science Theater 3000-esque podcast. You can't see the Mueller report in a, on a movie screen, but we'll be we'll be reading through it. <laughs> it'll be a series. So uh, that way you don't have to read the whole thing yourself, though. I know you guys and you will definitely read the thing yourselves. <laughs> you guys are on it. Yeah. So. yeah. Otherwise, the corrections portion of this show would not exist. Finally, my biggest error, and I have to admit this, was trusting Barr at all. Uh, It's more than clear Trump is uh, leaning on him to protect him from, quote, embarrassing information, unquote, and the report, Mueller report, getting out to the public. Uh, Today, even, Trump tweeted that he hasn't seen the report. uh, But if history is any indicator, that means he has. (laughs) Because whatever he has done, he says he hasn't. Whatever he hasn't done, he says he has. You can usually expect the opposite to be true from whatever he tweets. And if he hasn't, by chance, uh, he sure was cavalier about exonerating himself from any wrongdoing before ever having seen it. Uh, lots of folks tried to warn me about Barr, um, the ladies at Gaslit Nation, for example. And I was, I think I was maybe just a little too optimistic, a little too justice eyed uh, So sorry about that justice porn. Because as the weeks have gone on, it is obvious now that Barr isn't the up-and-up guy I was giving him the benefit of the doubt to be. Yeah, and also maybe sort of mischaracterizing his relationship with Mueller a bit, as if that means anything definitively, that they're buddies. Yeah, I wonder how Mueller feels about all this. And uh, Andrea mentioned that backstage at the show, too. She's like, they were buddies, you know? Like, yeah. how, how, how do you think Mueller feels? Because maybe Mueller feels like we feel a little... Weirdly betrayed, mm-hmm. And we'll get into that a little bit because there are some staff now on Mueller's team that are, for the first time in two years, saying something. Yeah. So, uh, and I don't know if there's a way to call him out legally, bar that is, on this particular obstruction of justice, which is what I think it is. But I hope that Congress is able to get to the report. Um, that's really the, the important thing in the end here. The grand jury met Friday for the first time since Stone was indicted. Um, I guess that's considered robustly... <laughs> continuing uh, and seemingly I haven't heard I haven't learned my lesson about optimism but I'm hoping <laughs> I'm going to lay some more justice porn on you that they were also pretty upset about Barr's characterization of the Mueller report and maybe they petitioned the court to have their findings released to the House Judiciary Committee hmm. uh, they have no they have to know they can because that's how Jaworski got his roadmap report to the House Judiciary uh, under Judge Sakara during Watergate 
Uh, that would be the best case scenario for me right now. But I also, please, I don't want to get your hopes up to, just to be dashed. <laughs> yeah, I mean, somebody has to be beans. hopeful. Yeah, even if we get knocked down, I think it's important to be hopeful. That's what Obama taught us. Yeah. Yeah. I miss that guy. Hope, then change. <laughs> <laughs> then tears and yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah. Hope. Then Trump, I guess. <laughs> yes, exactly. Hope, then change, then reversing everything you worked so hard to do. <laughs> We laugh so we don't cry. Yeah, That's precisely it. Um, all right, guys, those are corrections. So it's time now to move on to the news with just the facts. All right, guys, let's kick this off with a tiny story from last Sunday about Jeff Bezos. He's the zillionaire owner of Amazon uh, and Washington Post. And as you probably know, a while back, he dropped an op-ed in Medium saying that he was being blackmailed by the Inquirer and its parent company, American Media Inc., or AMI. The publication had gotten a hold of some naughty texts that he sent to his mistress, Lauren Sanchez. Hello, and welcome to Tales of Ripoldry. Her brother Michael, a friend and associate of folks like uh, Roger Stone, sold those texts, apparently, to the Inquirer for $200,000. However, in the op-ed, Bezos said that he thought the Saudis were involved somehow, and that really stuck out to us. Um, The Saudis obviously hate Bezos because of his affiliation with the Washington Post as owner affiliation. (laughs) Like he's just sort of uh, adjacent, but he owns it. (laughs) And uh, as we know, Jamal Khashoggi worked for the Washington Post. And we know the Saudis were in bed with Trump and the Inquirer as the magazine published a whole issue about how amazing the new crown prince is in Saudi Arabia and how great the new Middle East is because of Saudi Arabia. So the Inquirer lawyers sent a letter to Bezos saying that if he didn't publicly come forward, uh, and say that the Inquirer and AMI were not politically motivated, they would publish all the dirty pictures. Well, Bezos wasn't having it, so he published a story about being blackmailed. He's like, fuck it. He blew it up, and he did that in Medium and told AMI to go fuck themselves, basically. Uh, my new favorite phrase, Mar-a-Lago, fuck yourself. Um, <laughs> this is, of course, compounded by the fact that AMI blackmailed Bezos a month after they signed a non-prosecutorial agreement with the feds in the hush money catch and kill scandal, uh, in which they promised they wouldn't keep criming. So I'm waiting for AMI pecker pecker, uh, Dylan Howard and the Inquirer to face legal consequences for shitting on their non-prosecution agreement. But just this last weekend, Bezos, a security specialist named Gavin DeBecker, he's a dude with outstanding credentials. Um, he, he's come forward saying with high confidence that the Saudis had actually infiltrated Bezos's phone with the specific intent of harming him. In fact, AMI demanded Bezos deny finding evidence of hacking in their investigation and insist there is no involvement by any third party, claiming the leaks came from a single source, Michael Sanchez. Saudi Arabia is, of course, denying any involvement with the matter. Uh, That's how they do. Uh, I'm sure Trump will be like, well, he denied it. He denied it. Mm -hmm. Uh, We'll keep you posted for any further investigations on the matter. Say it was just the brother. How would he even have gotten those photos? He literally broke into his sister's phone and, and took them. I, I think he, I think they got him. I think he got him from the Saudis, and and then he sold them. Right. Yeah. It seems. And then presumably maybe the Saudis got a. They don't need his money. I was going to say actually maybe they got a cut of the two hundred thousand dollars, but they probably don't even care. They they, just, they probably said they just wanted the blackmail part. Yeah, <laughs> and and they probably you know said you keep the whole thing. Just you get it so that you look like the you know to that plausible deniability yeah. thing. Yeah. And I'm wondering yeah. if that two hundred thousand payment was made in cash. Yeah, I guess it'd be cheaper than to take any of that money. It'd be like taking someone out for dinner for their birthday and being like, so you want to split it? (laughs) (laughs) Want to go Dutch? 
Uh, also this week was the huge story about the security clearance whistleblower named Trisha Newbold, who has told a House committee that Trump officials granted clearances for 25 individuals that specialists had denied, citing multiple issues including foreign influence, conflicts of interest, concerning personal conduct, financial problems, drug use, and criminal conduct. So when I thought I might not be able to run for office, it looks like I can. (laughs) Uh, It was proven later uh, in the week that uh, one of the individuals is definitely Jared Kushner. Um, Others include Rob Porter, half-man, half-mustache John Bolton, Mm. as uh, you refer to him, Jaleesa, (laughs) and Ivanka. Uh, We don't know for what specific reasons each individual was denied clearance. And and Monday, Elijah Cummings wrote a letter to the White House counsel, Pat Cipollone, Cipollone, demanding documents regarding the matter and that he was prepared to issue subpoenas. Republicans in the Oversight Committee wrote their own letter accusing the Dems of cherry-picking Newbold's testimony and even said at one point, quote, there were only very serious security concerns with like four or five individuals. (laughs) So apparently the Republicans are cool with four or five people with very serious security concerns in the White House. The new standard for them. And then on Tuesday, the House Oversight Committee voted to issue a subpoena for Carl Klein. He's the supervisor who ignored the recommendations from the investigators and granted the security clearances for 25 people despite their applications. being All the warnings, FBI, CIA, all the security specialists being like, no, dude, no. And so he was like, don't touch these files. Leave them alone. I think he suspended her without pay for two weeks for something stupid like downloading or uploading attachments into emails in individual PDF files instead of grouping them all into one PDF file or something like that. Whatever. Okay, do you guys remember little Jacob, Jacob Wool? Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's the 22-year-old that's been banned from training securities uh, who tried to accuse Mueller of sexual misconduct. Well, the Law and Crime blog told us Tuesday that the FBI appears to have an active criminal investigation into Wool's fake company called Surefire Intelligence. It's fucking intelligent. Uh, A journalist from the Young Turks apparently submitted a FOIA request, a Freedom of Information Act request for information related to surefire intelligence. But the FBI refused, stating a criminal probe is open and ongoing, so we can't give it to you right now. Hmm. Uh, As we reported in late 2018, Wool and Jack Berkman held a really weird press conference promising that Mueller's accuser was going to come forward and tell her story, but she never showed up. And apparently, Jordan, you talked about this in the, in the Daily episodes, she had hired him to investigate someone, and he took her money and did no work. <laughs> like, paid him $2,000 or something like that. Yeah, and tried to get her to then work for him right after that. <laughs> right. And then, and then, hey, do me a favor. Yeah, fuck you. Uh, then we had the thing where Avenatti was arrested for domestic violence, but authorities never charged him, and Avenatti blamed Wool for that. Then there was the time Jacob traveled to Minnesota to be a dick to Ilhan Omar, and he faked death threats against himself and then filed a false police report about it. Yeah, he's the Jesse Smollett of <laughs> politics. <laughs> um, <laughs> Surefire Intelligence was Wool's fake investigative company that he created a LinkedIn profile for using photos of celebrities and his mom's phone number. Say hi to your mom for me. Uh, we had put some beans on the FBI charging him with crimes, so I hope those beans come true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so do I. That guy's such a... <laughs> What a life he's lived already. Yeah, he's 22 years hat. old. I think he's the definition of an asshat, right? Like that's he's a young you Roger Stone. Yeah, a little pebble, a little Roger. Pebble. He's one of those punchable faces, like oh, Martin Shkreli sure. and Spencer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just he's one the of worst. Those ones you just want to punch. Like in the why? Face. Why waste your life? You threat now, Ig. You're, yeah, like Ted Cruz. Mm-hmm. Just why be a professional troll when you can do anything else? Fame. 
Because also, I don't think they believe they can do anything else. Uh, yeah, something happened there. They feel so worthless. They yeah. need to do something so ridiculous to get attention mm-hmm. or something. Well, then I take great comfort in the fact that he feels worthless. <laughs> well, I want to find out what his second hobby is. I want to see him invest in that. Like, what if he likes to, you know, knit or something? Like, just anything else. Yeah. Invest your energy in something else. He knits little spooge cozies for himself to jack off into. <laughs> yeah, do that. Do that and love it and live your life and stop trolling. And now available at MillerCRoad.com. Spooge cozies. Yeah. <laughs> Hand knitted by the three women of Muller She Wrote. Tired of condoms? <laughs> Get a splooge? Is that what you call it? Splooge spooge cozy? Spooge cozy. <laughs> for today only, if... Uh, you pay another five ninety nine. We'll throw some Roger Stones in that speech cozy. <laughs> yes, we have all different kinds. There's the Britney, and the uh, J Lo, and the you know. This got real. They all they all have <laughs> they all have names. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, hey, make an Etsy. It's twenty nineteen. Do what you want. <laughs> can I trademark this verbally? So if he tries to steal this idea, we can sue him. Yes, go. Is for that it. how contracts work? I think he probably not. Comes- <laughs> He'd probably come right back at you saying, uh-uh, I already got a trademark on it three years ago. God Check it out. damn it. Spooch cozies, hand-knitted. <laughs> he is brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, we'll be right back. Hey, Muller Junkies. Everyone knows that sticking to a weight loss plan can be hard. Not because we don't understand diet and exercise, but because of the thoughts and obstacles that can sometimes hold us back. Uh, And most people lose weight or shift to a healthier lifestyle, but then they gain it all back because they only focus on what you eat and not why you eat. But with Noom, you lose the guilt and you learn how to develop healthier habits. When I started Noom, uh, I had an all-or-nothing attitude about health and food. I either had to be 100% perfect all the time, go to the gym all the time, eat perfect all the time, because if I didn't for one second, it was all wrecked and I would just have burritos forever. Um, I would just give up. Uh, Now, I've been using Noom for about 12 weeks now. Uh, I've lost 18 pounds. But um, that's not where it ends, because the problem with the all-or-nothing attitude is that I had a hard time maintaining my weight and my health. So now it's not just about weight loss for me, it's about creating a reasonable relationship with food and exercise to maintain that and to maintain my health. Jordan, what did you get out of Noom? Yeah, I've been using Noom as well. We started together, it's been great, made huge changes in my diet habits and how I think about food and like you were talking about that relationship with food. I also just like from a user interface, the app itself, it's a really well-designed app so it's easy to use. Sometimes apps have a great idea but the execution of the app isn't very good but this app is really great, really user-friendly and it makes it fun to log on and do activities every day. Yeah, definitely. That's actually what helped me was having everything all in one place because I used to have five different apps to count steps, one to log food, one to record my exercise, um, another for nutritional information. Then I had a bunch of different support network apps. But with Noom, they know that trying something the same way each time and expecting different results never works. So they put everything all into one place, one app in the palm of your hand. So it's super easy for me to log in, log log my food, count my steps, get support, uh, talk to the community. Uh, of users, uh, as well as their uh, personalized nutrition coach. So take their 30-second evaluation today and see what kind of health and wellness goals fit you best. Noom will personalize your training for you, um, and then they'll be there to offer tips, tricks, and support, and advice when you need it most. Noom is designed for results. It's out with the old habits and in with the new, so sign up for your trial today at Noom, N-O-O-M dot com slash A-G. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com A-G to start your trial today. Again, that's Noom.com slash A-G. Start losing weight for good. Okay, guys, welcome back. Uh, Back into the news here. We learned this week that House Dems have asked to interview Wolkoff from the Trump inaugural. uh, And Jordan is going to have details about that in Hot Notes. Yes, I will. Yes. 
Also this week, um, the battle to get the president's tax returns, which he promised to release after he was elected, started heating up. On Wednesday, the Democratic chair of the House Ways and Means Committee, Richard Neal, Democrat from Massachusetts, I think, uh, issued a written request to the Internal Revenue Service for six years of President Trump's President's Trump's <laughs> of President Trump's personal and business tax returns, both. And we reported a couple weeks ago that the Finance Committee was mulling over expanding their tax request to include his business. Um, I don't know if that committee officially requested his personal returns also, or if they handed this off to Ways and Means because maybe Ways and Means has a stronger legislative case to request both personal and business returns. So it sounds to me, and I'll put beans on this, that they were like, hmm, we should expand this over in the, uh, where were they? They were in the House initially, I think it was the House Finance Committee. And so then they were like, oh, maybe we can get both. And so they started talking to Ways and Means, and they came up with this plan. So this is their plan now. Um, according to the law, if requested by House Ways and Means, uh, the Treasury via the IRS shall release the returns to them for any return that they ask for, provided it's relevant to the work of the Congress. And that's shall is important. It's not may or might or mm -hmm. if you feel like it or, you know, if the president's not embarrassed. Uh, the argument they're making here is that it's the duty of the committee to evaluate the operation of the IRS in its administration and enforcement of the tax laws. Quote, the IRS has a policy of auditing the tax returns of all sitting presidents and vice presidents, yet little is known about the effectiveness of this program. Unquote. Basically, they're saying that in order to determine if the IRS is doing its job, they need to see Trump's tax returns and determine whether congressional action may be needed to require such audits and oversee that they are conducted properly. Uh, that's a pretty strong case to make, um, evaluating the effectiveness of a, of a law that's on the books that you don't have any information about. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's a strong case. But Friday, Trump's lawyers wrote a letter to the Treasury arguing that by demanding the returns, Congress is violating Trump's First Amendment rights. Quote, the First Amendment prohibits the government from harassing political opponents and retaliating against disfavored speech, which is true. Uh, I remember learning that one of the articles for impeachment for Nixon was that he abused his power by asking the IRS to audit Democrats running for, I think it was Congress, mm -hmm. uh, his political opponents. The difference here is that the Ways and Means Committee is making a really good argument that part of their job to provide oversight, um, they can't do that uh, if they don't get these tax returns. They can't determine if the IRS is effective in its audits without seeing his returns. So they need the returns to potentially develop legislation to ensure that the oversight process is functional. Mm -hmm. It's so funny how they're just both using like bullshit reasons, basically. <laughs> yeah, but the Treasury like, has never never turned down that request in the history of like all presidents. So it would be so weird for them to be like all of a sudden, this is harassment of yeah, a president. Yeah, some Trump supporter on Twitter was like, this is unprecedented. It's his right to not have to turn over his taxes. Name one president that they've done this to. And I'm like, I can't because they've all released their tax returns voluntarily. Yeah. The fucking weirdo. Mm -hmm. um, at least since Nixon. I think Ford didn't, but he released a summary, a really long summary Right, of but taxes. the Treasury itself, the department has never like denied a request to comply with the law. No, correct. So that this would be really unprecedented in that area. Yeah, it would. Uh, aides close to Trump have, have said he's going to fight this all the way to the Supreme Court. Uh, this is a hill and people are willing to die on it, is what they said. Yeah, that's not the phrase. The phrase is this is a hill we're willing to die on, not this is a hill. And people. And people will die. Well, they're making sure you know that they're not going to die on the hill. They're going to have a fall guy. <laughs> Taxes are a hill. 
Uh, anyway, I think I think this is a delay tactic to hopefully push the release of his taxes past the 2020 election. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems that a few months ago, Trump had pushed to install a handpicked chief of counsel or excuse me, chief counsel for the Internal Revenue Service. New York Times reported Thursday that Trump asked Turtle Dick Mitch McConnell <laughs> to prioritize a confirmation vote for Michael Desmond to take the post at the IRS, indicating it was a higher priority than the nomination of Attorney General Barr. Uh, This tax battle comes on the heels of another request for his taxes, as reported Wednesday in Raw Story. Uh, Elijah Cummings of the House Oversight and Reform Committee launched a probe into Trump's finances. And in response, Mazar's tax and accounting firm said they're ready to turn over 10 years of Trump's tax returns. They just need a subpoena to formalize the request. They called it a friendly subpoena. (laughs) Hey, girl. You up? (laughs) Subpoena and chill. (laughs) So uh, Cummings has told reporters that Mazars asked for the subpoena, and he will provide it. So it appears the Dems are coming at Trump's taxes from multiple fronts, mm-hmm. and we will keep you posted. Uh, let's see here. The Guardian reported this week that the Saudis are almost done with the construction of their first nuclear reactor, and Jaleesa will have details later Yes, in the show. gross. Super gross. Uh, then some weird shit went down with Cohen this week, like normal. Um, first, we got this statement from his mob lawyer, Lanny Davis. Uh, Quote, Mr. Cohen was only recently able to access a hard drive with important documents. Said drive contains over 14 million files, which consist of emails, voice recordings, images, and attachments from Mr. Cohen's computers and phones. Phones. Mr. Cohen has only had time to go through less than 1% of the drive, or about 3,500 files. Mr. Cohen needs time and resources and assistance to separate out privileged and personal documents from these 14 million files to make the rest available for review by various congressional committees that have sought his help, unquote. So according to uh, various news sources, Cohen only recently gained access to a tranche of documents seized in the FBI raid last April. Uh, But the FBI, uh, but if the FBI, I don't, this is weird, because if the FBI has them, can't they just give them to Congress? I mean, I suppose Cohen wants the ability to go through him and cherry pick what he sends to Congress. That's what it sounds like. But, but why, why does he have that privilege? Well, we, and, and exactly why? Because if the FBI has them all and they didn't charge him with anything additionally, it's not like they can send this over to Congress, all of it, mm-hmm. and Congress will come up with new crimes that the FBI didn't find and refer them back. It I just, think he's just pushing his luck. I, he's just trying to stay out of jail. Mm-hmm. Um, and how do we know Cohen would even turn over all the relevant material. Why does he get to pick? Yeah, I'm sure he would hide the things that would further incriminate him. He's not a total idiot. <laughs> yeah, but but like I said, the FBI had it all. They would incriminate him. Yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> so so what it. is he even going to separate? What confidential, just embarrassing things perhaps? I, I don't know, but yeah, because it could leak out of the Congress more than it would leak out of the S- Southern District. Yeah. Uh, but Cohen, Cohen's lawyer said they'd, quote, located several documents uh, that would have significant value, but of course he would need time before he goes to jail to sort through everything. That's the key That's here. That's the very, yeah, He's key like, hey, I got all the stuff back that y'all already know about. <laughs> yeah. I need time to go through it. I hope they're like, I feel like jail would be the perfect time for you to do that. Oh, what else yeah. are you going to do? Well, yeah. Get him a lamp. You know, what more do you need? Lots of yeah. free time. Yeah. If you're Actually, not looking at papers, you're looking at walls. So. Yeah. That would be so funny. Uh, Mr. Cohn, we determine with the amount of material here, it would take you about three years to go through it. <laughs> so, uh, bye. That's just perfect. <laughs> Uh, I read a copy of this letter that Cohen's lawyer wrote, um, Lanny Davis. I didn't see any mention in there that Cohen only recently gained access to the files because he got them back from the FBI after the raid. So either the FBI has it all, like I said, and just gave it back to him, or 
Maybe Cohen withheld these files the whole time because he wasn't in a formal cooperation agreement and not required to hand over everything. That's what I'm thinking. Maybe he has something in there that they don't actually have and he's trying to hide it. That means, though, that the FBI didn't find them during their raid. Right. So he would have to have been hiding them, but like the mattress? I don't think that's likely <laughs> under the cushion with in his butt. No, it's in the butt. butt. It's the butt drive. Fourteen million files in his butt. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of that Eddie Murphy song. Put put a light in your butt. I said make it bright in your butt. Put everything in your butt. Nice. I said make it sing in your butt. You remember? No, I, no, I don't me. know it, but I love it. Eddie Murphy in the butt butt drive. Apparently, though. Lanny Davis told BuzzFeed News uh, that Cohen didn't have these documents during his closed-door testimony recently because they had been seized by prosecutors, uh, and he didn't get them back until last week. So either he's lying, uh, which would be really stupid, or they were in his butt. Uh, I've heard from some people that it it is actually a mob tactic to withhold some evidence until right before you go to jail to delay entry, but I'm not sure. Yeah, that makes sense. It just really does seem so short-sighted. No one's going to be like... Thanks for yeah. this, buddy. No issues with the timing at all. That's <laughs> I all think forgiven. I would just be like, we'll get it from the FBI, man. It's cool. You don't right. have to yeah. settle down. Go I, to jail. I doubt it was in his butt. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think Metaphorically it was hiding Metaphorically and literally. That's funny. It's a lot of yeah. files for, for the butt. <laughs> it is. Well, they compress it so much these days. Modern technology. I, I don't know if, if our technology allows for so much compression <laughs> yeah. that you could fit 14,000, 14 million <laughs> files in, in your butt. I, I also feel like if... They were files that the FBI hasn't seen yet because he had them in his butt. That part of the story would have leaked, and then leaked that would have been the butt. headline. Yeah, this is getting <laughs> crazy. Butt leaks. Okay, right? <clears throat> right? Yep. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Uh, yeah, that. I just never grew up. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. That's why I need validation constantly. Yes, yes. Right? Right, guys? Right? Hell yes. Right? Right? Hey. Right? Right? Hey. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Uh, I coughed at 37, 38, but if you can't take it out, don't worry. Oh, cool, cool. I love you guys. Um, Ignore. Uh, Let's see here. Along with this letter, this letter that he wrote, Lanny Davis, there's a 12-page memo that outlined evidence of a conspiracy to collude with the Russian election interference on behalf of Trump in 2016. The memo says, again, that Trump instructed Cohen to lie and say all Moscow Tower Project contacts ended as of January 31st, 2016, using code language. Uh... (laughs) N-A discussions day. <laughs> Illusion um, um, day. Our tray in Oscar May. That's good. Wink, wink. <laughs> I don't even think Trump could comprehend pig Latin. No. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the code he used? Morse code. Nee, 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 nee. I learned from Monsters, Inc. I don't know if he's seen that one. Oh, I learned that one as a kid. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been around for a while. Mm-hmm. Anyway, there were about uh, 100 pages of appendices included with this memo outlining details about a whole conspiracy to collude with the Russian government, along with a whole array of crimes by Trump. The memo said that after Cohen delivered his false testimony about Trump Tower Moscow to Congress, a Trump lawyer called him up and congratulated him on his testimony, saying his client was happy with Cohen's testimony. Client, probably Trump. Uh, The memo makes... New claims, apparently, about Trump taking a much more active role in the Moscow project than previously reported. Quote, in May 2016, Cohen told Trump he could travel to Russia to assist the building of the project before or after the GOP convention in August. And Trump agreed. And I just picture him out there like with a hammer and a hard hat. and like, hey, I'm ready to go, guys. What do you need? I'll help you build it. Uh, this proves uh, then that Trump knew the Russian contacts continued past January 31st. Despite his coded language, 
The memo also implicates Ivanka, stating she knew Cohen lied to Congress and they had communicated about her health spa at the top of of Moscow Trump Tower. We already knew this, though. We saw those uh, emails that were released, we reported on a little while ago, where where Abby Lowell was saying, you know, keep her out of your mouth when when you're talking about Trump Tower. Even before then, we we talked about the spa like months ago. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And um, Lanny Davis closed by saying, (laughs) quote, for him to surrender to jail in 30 days would be a detriment to committee's search for the truth as well as a miscarriage of justice. Wow. English major much? Also <laughs> just is... hand over the files and they'll look through them. It's yeah. So dramatic. No, but a criminal not going to jail is a miscarriage of justice, you guys. That's just some spin shit if I ever heard it. <laughs> it totally is. Uh, and finally this week, guys, we learned from The Guardian that the Department of Justice officials, there are Department of Justice officials that were told they were going to meet with William Barr last summer on the same day he submitted his unsolicited memo that called the special counsel's obstruction of justice inquiry fatally misconceived. So Barr, here's the timeline, Barr wrote the 20-page memo uh, when he was a private attorney. Three weeks later, uh, well, that day he wrote the memo, uh, the Justice Department officials were told they were going to meet with him. Three weeks later, they met with him um, for lunch. And then uh, he was nominated to be attorney general six months later, right after the midterms, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, the meeting was apparently arranged by Stephen. Oh, I thought that said Stephen Seagal. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That'd be a badass meeting. Right? <laughs> Stephen Engel, uh, the head of Office of Legal Counsel at Maine Justice. Engel is now a legal advisor to the White House and is the guy Barr consulted with before he decided there wasn't enough evidence found to establish that Trump had obstructed justice. Turns out Engel is also the guy, along with Rosenstein, that Barr addressed his 20-page memo to, the one saying Mueller's investigation into obstruction was fatally misconceived and legally insupportable. Uh, This is clearly a cover-up, but what I can't figure out is what the hell's going on with Rosenstein? That's a good question. No, I think not only – they worked on it together. I think that's what I read. They all – like, he he consulted with them. And then together they came to the conclusion that it didn't constitute obstruction. Right. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? Also, yeah. life is better when you replace Engel with Steven Seagal. <laughs> like, I think so, too. <laughs> it just makes the yeah. whole thing way more fun. I, In terms of the what the fuck Rosenstein, I feel like there are times throughout this where we put a lot of hope in these people that are still not like our people, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. have well, a habit we, of that. We wronged it. Like, trust him. Like, et tu, Snoop Dag. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Two Snoop Dogg? Well, remember when <laughs> they were... Two. That's funny. At two Snoop, two Snoop Dogg. When they met with Jeff Sessions, Snoop right? Snoop Dogg A, because it's, you have to put the A-E oh, at the end. Oh, yeah, yeah. We learned from a correction. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Wait, why? Uh, because it, it is the nominative We didn't learn our case. lesson. <laughs> You're addressing them directly. Ah. And so it's... Brute instead of Brutus. Oh, 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 right. That's right. Yes. I'm so impressed. You, you, yeah. Well, yes. you also took the class, but that's impressive. At two Snoop Dagg A. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Rosenstein um. A. <laughs> <laughs> but remember back when Rosenstein and Sessions had that dinner together? Yeah. And then we and, were... and and Mueller was there. Yeah. Wait. No, that no. was with Romney, right? No. No. This is the one that happened. We put it was from a long time ago. There like, were three people. Yes, there were three people, and I can't remember oh, who the third okay, one was. Okay. Okay. Sessions. Fuck. Yeah, was it? It was someone else. It must have been someone else from Justice, right? 
Who was it? Rosenstein. Sessions oh, it was uh, Noel Francisco. <laughs> ah, <laughs> That's yes, right. yes, 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 yes. Yeah. <laughs> Romney was Thank the you. other creepy dinner. So little Trump, general. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Thank you. And during that time, we looked at Sessions and we're like, Sessions is going to flip on Trump. And we had hope in him. We and... still hated him. But yeah, you're right. We did consider him being one of those guys. Because well, that... we thought Rosenstein, we thought by hanging out with Rosenstein, he was being they're, cool. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. that's together. how much we, we had that inherent trust in Rosenstein. Yeah. I think yeah. maybe we need to revoke our Snoop Dogg love. Mm. Yeah. I mean, we didn't give him that much love, but like we were, we 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 considered him. He he's you know was said to be a heat shield against the Mueller. Uh, like he protected Mueller from getting fired. Is he in the sexy justice calendar? No. Okay. Okay. <laughs> There's no Republicans in the far. sexy justice calendar sure? except for Comey? Bob Mueller. Yeah, Comey's changed. His, they all uh, changed. Yeah. Yeah. They all changed their affiliation. Not Rosenstein though. He hasn't changed his. Uh... No. Wow. Apparently not. That's a tell. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess it doesn't necessarily mean that they were nefarious in intent necessarily. Although they definitely have been in many points in their life, (laughs) which is why they were not to be trusted in the first place. That's true. I suppose as this Mueller report comes out bit by bit. Yeah, um, piece by piece as we pry it from their cold dead hands. Um, <laughs> Skeptical beans. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find out. So I don't know, but we'll be right back, guys, with hot notes. Thanks to Care of for supporting Mueller. She wrote, Care of is a subscription service that makes it fast and easy to get vitamins and protein powders delivered right to your door that are totally personalized to fit your health goals and lifestyle, right down to having your name on the container. Most important to me is that their protein powder is clean label, and it's made from ingredients you can recognize from optimal and sustainable sources, including whey from free-range grass-fed cows or vegan plant-based protein made from certified organic peas, hemp seeds, and pumpkin seeds. You can even customize your supplement by adding one or more of the care of boosts like electrolytes, creatine, or chia flax. I cannot stress how important protein is to any diet, especially to our vegan and vegetarian friends and other diets that might exclude meat. For me, I find that adding the personalized protein powder to my diet helps keep me feeling full and gives me the energy I need to go hard during my workouts. I also add the Chia Flax Boost to get my omega-3 fatty acids and my fiber for my gut health. I also love the convenience of the individual protein powder packets because I can just toss them in my purse or my gym bag and go where I need to go. You guys really need to give this sustainable, health-conscious protein a try. So for 50% off your first Care Of order, go to TakeCareOf.com and enter promo code Muller50. Guys, that's 50% off your first Care Of order when you go to TakeCareOf.com and enter Muller50 at checkout. You'll be glad you did. All right, welcome back. Hot notes. Okay, guys, today... Jordan has a story about the Trump inaugural, but first, uh, Jaleesa, you have an update on the Middle East Marshall Plan. Yes. So according to new satellite images, Saudi Arabia is within months of completing its first nuclear reactor. However, it is yet to show any willingness to abide by international regulations preventing them from making a bomb. The reactor is located in the King Abdulaziz City for Science and Technology, which is on the outskirts of Riyadh. And the satellite images of the site were taken by a former director of nuclear inspections, Robert Kelly. He confirmed that it is a very small 30 kilowatt research reactor that is almost finished. Kelly said, quote, I would guess they could have it all done with the roof in place and the electricity turned on within a year. 
And Kelly knows what the fuck he's talking about since he worked for the International Atomic Energy Agency for over three decades. The satellite images also show that a 10 meter high steel tubular vessel, which will likely contain the nuclear nuclear fuel, has been constructed and more work is being done on the ground surrounding it. And I love that it's a tubular vessel because in the 70s, tubular meant cool, but now it just means scary. <laughs> 80s, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, basically. Totally tubular. I guess that the 70s a, are like everything before a, 90s to me. <laughs> that was a valley girl thing. It's totally tubular. Oh, yeah, Gang tubular. So, yeah, it's creepy radical. now. <laughs> Kelly also said the main purpose of the research reactor would be to, quote, train nuclear technicians, which would be crossing a red line because at this point, Saudi Arabia is supposed to undergo inspections by the International Atomic Energy Agency, but so far they refuse to comply. Bloomberg was the first to publish these satellite images. Bloomberg has kind of been killing it with these stories. And all of this is happening while the U.S. Department of Energy granted seven permits for the, quote, transfer of sensitive nuclear information by U.S. businesses to the Saudi government. Not to mention Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and Energy Secretary Rick Perry have completely blocked all congressional committee efforts to find out exactly what the authorizations were for. Congress also wanted to know which companies were involved. However, on Tuesday, the head of the Independent Nuclear Reactor Commissions was silent when repeatedly asked whether the commission had been, quote, consulted on the nuclear permits. In fact, last week, California Democrat Bat... Bad, bad Sherman. <laughs> Brad Sherman. Who's, he's a I'm, good guy. Good guy. <laughs> he kind of is, yeah. He told Pompeo, quote, if you cannot trust a regime with a bone saw, you should not trust them with nuclear weapons. Many people believe that Kushner and Flynn spearheaded the push for a quicker deal that would allow the Saudis to bypass the standard regulations. And even if Trump vetoes Congress's request for further information on these permits, they can still sue the administration just like they're suing them for everything else. And we'll see what happens there. But that's my hot note, basically. Nice. That's scary. Yeah. We've been going over the Marshall Plan. Now, that's a, a, an Argentinian reactor, right? Correct. It was made yeah. in Argentina, yeah. But so, it's being maintained in Saudi Arabia, yeah. So they've yeah, got people. It's built there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think we discussed the, the size of it a little bit in our daily episodes. Yeah, daily how it's episode. not considered large, but it still you know, can do some damage for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's still, it's still a reactor. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, um, yeah, like you just like you said, it's for, probably for training purposes. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't really have anything to do with the secret ones that trump is trying to get through right um, but, but still if you're doing this in plain sight what are you doing behind closed doors you know <clears throat> right and they and this was all f- like fully non-transparent as you were saying the yeah they, they won't agree scary. to comply with with basic universal re- regulations so no yeah. and they want to enrich their own uranium instead of purchasing it from somewhere else which mm-hmm. is the really 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 expensive way to do it yeah congress and, even offered a deal with them and, and they were like no we're good we're and good. the only time you do that is because you want to enrich it absolutely illegally mm-hmm. uh, and enriching it means that you're removing isotopes making taking it from u238 to 235 which uh i think makes it uh, less stable mm-hmm. uh, Ooh, it'll fission like reactive yeah it'll fission by itself it's like uh, it's always like it's always <laughs> like in fight or flight mode trip- yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then it just fissions by itself and it creates potassium and all these other things plus neutrons and neutrons are the dangerous part because mm. and the reason people can't don't want to be exposed to neutron radiation uh, is because neutrons are about the size of a hydrogen molecule and hydrogen is the center of a water molecule and you're made of 70 percent water mm-hmm. so you'll just boil from the inside oh my goodness if, if neutrons react with the water in your body oh no oh Yum. That's intense. And uh, there's a couple different kinds of radiation. Alpha can be stopped by, uh, like, clothing. 
and beta can be stopped by thicker things. But um, yeah, I hear with certain reaction like exposure, you can just take off your clothes and take a shower and you'll be OK. But only certain not ones. neutron radiation. Got it. You need like seriously eight feet of different materials, including polyvinyl and, and certain tempered steel and another and then water and then uh, another layer of steel. And that's kind of what the, is uh, the reactors housed in is this shielding like the God nuclear boobies. Damn. Yes. Oh, no. That's they're, what's in the nuclear They're not boobies. so sexy anymore. <laughs> yeah, those boobies are going to get breast cancer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah, that's a tough one. All right. It's just a radiation. No, the things building. I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, no worries. The things I was yeah, thinking. Yeah, I was thinking some awful jokes, was, too. Oh, yeah. not you. Not you. Oh, yeah. We stopped ourselves. No, you know, as a, as a <laughs> the things that was going on in my head right there. Yeah. I had a bad pun. I'm like, oh, but. Oh, don't yeah, say you don't. That. <laughs> oh, but I could. Oh, don't say that either. The people. Ha, ha, and then we could. No, don't That's say true. that. Breast cancer is not a joke. Mm-mm. Also. No, no. Uh, but you're fine, Jordan. <laughs> thank yeah. you. No, it definitely wasn't that. It was. It was all of the subsequent triggers in my head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, all the B-roll in our head. <laughs> yes. I, w- I know that everyone's like, oh, I wish we would have said it. No, no, no you, you don't. don't. <laughs> no, you the fact that when comics censor themselves, you don't yeah. want to know what the hell they just thought. Right. All right, well, thank you. Um, <laughs> thank you, Jaleesa, for that reporting. Yeah. No uh, problem. That is terrifying. Uh, Marshall Plan, we've been on it since episode two. No, mm-hmm. six. Two, I think. Six. Actually. Two was the Magnitsky Act. Oh, you're right. Um, so check out episode six, all about the Marshall Plan. Uh, came out December, I think, of 2017. It was a long time ago. We were in our kitchen. Uh, pardon the sound quality. <laughs> uh, now we're in a very professional studio 50 feet away in my <laughs> spare room. Um but anyway, thank you for that reporting. That's really um, comprehensive, and it's important that we follow this uh, because that's one of the main things that this grand bargain was about. Seth Seth Abramson talks about the grand bargain was about getting the Saudis a nuclear bomb. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, thank you. Uh, Jordan, what is the haps with the Trump inaugural? Yeah, so the House Intel Committee is asking for information from Stephanie Winston-Walkoff. She's a friend of Melania Trump, and she is very involved in the planning of the Trump inaugural, which we've now designated as a bringer show. We talked about that in our midweek <laughs> episode, uh, which in comedy is a – we're saying the inaugural was a bringer show, right? In comedy, a, a bringer show is a show that you only get to perform on if you make your friends pay to come watch you. But of course, all of Trump's friends that he made pay for tickets live outside the country, hence nobody physically showing up and leaving a pit <laughs> in National Mall. Bigger than the one that exists in his heart. So Ooh, that was, oh, burn. I wrote that. Yeah, Hell that's yeah. right. I read that. Yeah. <laughs> <Zoom>. <laughs> anyway, um, they're, <laughs> they're, looking, <laughs> they're looking for any details on foreign entities that may have been trying to influence Trump through offering gifts to him and his family, as well as records about donors to Trump's inaugural committee. They're also asking for info on any communications between Trump inaugural and UAE, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, and Russia, to name a few. Uh, we also learned that a federal grand jury apparently subpoenaed Walkoff in October of 2018, which indicates a deeper probe than was initially expected, right? Um, insert pap smear joke here. I was going to say, who's going to bring it up? <laughs> Butt files. Butt files. <laughs> Butt files. That's beautiful. The Mueller report is out there. <laughs> Can we make a show called Butt Files? Like, please. Oh, God. <laughs> just ones that people have stashed for safekeeping before they go to jail. But I also feel really bad for the people who try to Google our show. Because mm-hmm. if you Google Butt Files, I'm sure that... You're not oh, going to yeah, get yeah, what yeah, you're no, looking no. for. I'll no. tell you that. It's, it'll be <laughs> no, no that. beans SEO. That's for sure. It's not, a, not established yet. <laughs> well, let me just like, no, it's not going to be what... I'll tell you that. 
So this subpoena from the House, it's a separate subpoena from the one that federal prosecutors issued back in February to the Trump inaugural as a whole. So just note that. Uh, but it was definitely for similar reasons, like subpoena and documents about donors, finances, and uh, documents on their activities. So walk off as a reminder. She worked in the White House until the inaugural's committee tax filing showed that Walkoff had created a company weeks before the inauguration that received $25 million as a vendor. So she basically created a company and oversaw it that provided services for the inauguration <laughs> and got to get that money herself. So she was overseeing the money that she was getting is mm. uh, the issue there. And apparently... When Southern District of New York swiped all of Cohen shit last April, they came across recordings between Cohen and Walkoff in which they talked about concerns around exorbitant inaugural spending and how the planning of the inaugural was managed. So yeah, is that the one where that. she was like, what if we get audited? What the fuck are we supposed to do? <laughs> right. Yeah. Could, yeah. And and so that, that recording was a really like big part of SDNY's kickoff of that whole investigation. Um, so she's also apparently been cooperating with the Southern District uh, and their probes into Cohen for a lot longer than the inaugural committee was aware, which is kind of funny. <laughs> like, what? You've been cooperating? It's like, I don't even know you anymore. <laughs> I can't keep track of it all. Right. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. yeah. The, the, how many seven investigations into the inaugural right now? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's funny to me, too, because the lawyer is the one that told the inaugural that like he wasn't aware of her cooperating, which I don't know how that works. Um <laughs> But and then also the Eastern District in New York has also been looking into the Trump inaugural committee, like you said, one and of the many different Los Angeles. Yes. And, and yeah. in, in the Eastern District, too, they're specifically looking into Tom Barrick's ties to the Middle East. So this is like a multi-headed hedron. Is that what that's called? Mm-hmm. Tetraheded hedron? Uh, is that what that thing Hydra? is Hydra? Hail Hydra? <laughs> Hydra? Hedron? Yeah. Hedron is like a dodecahedron. It's like a shape. Ah, that's a dodecahedron not what I mean is at a, all. <laughs> a dodecahedron is a twenty-sided dice for all you nerds. Okay, oh. well that plus Medusa. There you go. That's what I'm trying to describe. Or is a dodecahedron a twelve-sided dice? We'll get a corrections or yeah, a confirmation. We will. Let us know. Yeah, I knew what you meant, you Jordan. At least you got. I got the gist of what you were going for. Thank you. I appreciate that. <clears throat> Hydra. 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 That's the lady with the snakes on her head. No, that's Medusa. God damn it. <laughs> that's the what Starbucks lady. <laughs> Hydra. It's like a... <laughs> Guys. <laughs> We're getting to the hard questions now. Tough journalism. <laughs> the Hydra, uh, more often known as Hydra, uh, is a serpentine water monster in Greek and Roman mythology. Its lair was in the Lake of Lerna, and it's got heads. Many heads. Many heads. Okay. Many heads. Well, that was worth it. <laughs> Many-headed serpent. Oh, it's kind <laughs> of... So they are snakes. So I okay. can see how you would conflate it with the snakes on Medusa's head. Right. But she just turned you into stone. Right. If you look at her. Mm-hmm. But also had snakes on her head. Hate head But snakes. herself was not a snake. Correct. She was just okay. a, a lady. A conduit to snakes. Hmm. Yeah, just like Monsters, Inc. That lady had snakes in her head. Yes. Yeah, it comes full circle. That's right. Yeah. All right. Thank <laughs> you. Bringing it back. <laughs> yeah. Good, good callback to Monsters, Inc. All right. Nice. <laughs> that was very helpful. <laughs> um... So, considering this multi-headed investigation network exists, I don't think that this is going to be the end of individuals receiving subpoenas as it relates to this uh, matter or investigation. Um, Because Adam Schiff 
well, and especially not in the House Intelligence Committee, right? Because Adam Schiff has said that the panel will investigate any financial or other leverage that foreign actors might have over Trump and his administration. So he's dedicated to this. He is dedicated. Mm-hmm. Thankfully. Thank you, Jordan. Yeah. Yep. You're welcome. Um, yes. So I was right. Dodecahedron. Well, I was wrong <laughs> and then right. Dodecahedron is 12. Uh, but it's an isecahedron. Oh. Is a 20-sided die. So there you go. The 20 faces. You know. Ancient you. Greek, meaning 20. Wow. What a seat. Interesting die to play with. Dice? Is that plural? I think die is singular. Mm-hmm. I think I need what to a morbid to way to... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say that. Yeah, I usually I roll one 20-sided die because, I mean, two. Well, who needs to choose between 40 fucking things? <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> that would be a weird game of craps. Come on, 800. <laughs> um, all right, cool. Well, thank you for that. Trump inaugural going down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and guys, this was a really interesting week in grand jury news. Let's rewind back to Barr's letters, plural, letters. Uh, it was just the one, but now there's four, I think. So we know the bullshit summary from March 24th, right? It's not even a summary. Uh, after a bunch of media outlets exonerated the president immediately, including Kendallanian, who has blocked me for calling him out on it, uh, I had thought for sure Trump would get an approval ratings boost. Remember we talked about that? We were like, it's going to be a bummer. His approval rating is going to go up. But he got nothing. He got 0.1% of a boost. And polling shows that most Americans don't accept Barr's characterization and 84% want to see the full Mueller report. So that's an important thing to remember going forward because now that was the best it could have possibly ever gotten for Trump with the Mueller report was that moment. It will never be better than that for him. (laughs) And he got 0.1% of a boost out of it. So then a second letter shortly followed, walking back the first letter from Barr telling us to stop referring to his letter as a summary um, he also blamed the media for mischaracterizing it as a summary instead of himself. Uh, and uh, <laughs> that second letter is also when Barr said that he would be redacting the Mueller report, specifically hiding information in four buckets. Grand jury information, sources and methods, tradecraft, other classified info. That's one. Uncharged third parties, which could include the president. Um, shit that could be embarrassing to Trump and information subject to executive privilege. So Barr says he has no plans to give the report to the president, and he'd make all those decisions himself, uh, and that he would not make the April 2nd deadline demanded by Congress, but that he'd have to have it, he'd have it to them like by mid-April. So rather than wait for a redacted report, the House Judiciary voted Wednesday to subpoena the full report and all the underlying evidence and documentation. And while we uh, were waiting for that, we heard from Mueller's team for the first time in two years. They n- nary a peep from them until this. Apparently, some members of the team told the press they were really pissed off about Barr's characterization of their work. And the New York Times told, and the Washington Post reported that Mueller staffers had actually written summaries for each section of the report. There were multiple sections. And that that front matter was pretty much immediately ready for public release. Jerry Nadler, the Democratic chair of the Judiciary Committee, we all know Jerry, Mr. Nadler, sent a letter to Barr asking for the summaries. Give me the summaries. This is disturbing. Uh, and all communications between the department and special counsel regarding the release, or lack thereof, of the Mueller report. He's like, why the fuck are you, bro, they had written the summaries, and you didn't give them to us, you gave us this bullshit thing, and I'm, ter- I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> and, and now, you know, so now, now I want to see all the communications about it. You fucking piece of shit. Barr fired back. 
on behalf of Maine Justice saying he didn't actually really on behalf of himself, saying he didn't release the front matter summaries prepared by the Mueller staff because they contained grand jury materials and grand jury information. So this weapons great asshole wants us to believe that the Mueller team members uh, wrote summaries for the public that included information that can't be viewed by the public. And I just call bullshit on that. That is not possible. Um, there might have been some things in there that could be quickly redacted, but their characterization of these front ma- of this front matter is that it could pretty much immediately be released to the public. Yeah, it was public ready with the intention of being released to the public. I mean, it seems pretty clear, but we know Barr's intentions are, are aligned with Trump's. That's why he was placed there. We were optimistic, but we were wrong. And now... You know, what do we, now we can see like we were blind. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry I misled you all. It's okay. Hey, I am so ashamed. I also, I mean, it looks like that's that's like a likely thing, but we don't know everything yet, like you said. So, no, we don't. Yeah. Um, but speaking of grand jury stuff, um, Mueller's grand jury met Friday for the first time since Roger Stone was indicted, as I mentioned earlier during corrections. And then there was a CNN article that went out Friday with a super misleading headline saying a federal appeals court ruled that federal district judges do not have the power to make grand jury records public. Okay, CNN. First, uh, true, public, public. They don't have a right to make it public. Uh, Very misleading headline because this case was about an author that was writing a book about a guy that got murdered in the 50s and he was asking the court for the grand jury material so he could write his book. And the court decided this dude couldn't have them because the court doesn't have the inherent power to release grand jury materials outside of Rule 6E to the public. But do not worry, everyone. Rule 6E allows for release to Congress under certain circumstances. That is how the Jaworski stuff made it from Watergate um, from their grand jury to Congress. And it's how the Ken Starr grand jury stuff made it to Congress. But uh, he also re- released his full-ass report uh, because that, that, those situations fall within the purview of Rule 6E. And CNN's trying to make it sound like Mueller can't release his grand jury stuff. Sorry, but huh. that's not the case at all. So this probably won't have any effect. It could, you know, depending on how the, you know, the court uh, decides. But I don't think it's going to have any effect on uh, the Mueller grand jury material. And I wish these assholes would quit misapplying case law. Yeah. Uh, do you remember when there was that case everyone was flipping out about because the mainstream media uh, f- said everyone should freak out about it? It was U.S. versus Gamble. Uh, and it had to do with the dual sovereignty doctrine and double jeopardy. And everyone was like, this is going to be able to pardon everybody. Yeah, with the Supreme Court. Yeah. yeah. This is another one of those. Uh, everyone, it's cool. I forget I forget what exactly they were trying to say. I knew you were going to ask me that. God damn it. Du- <laughs> double jeopardy, right? It was about... Yeah, they, they were basically trying to say it was this guy who had committed a crime. He went to jail and then he was uh, charged again at, at the state level. And they said, you aren't allowed to do that because of the dual sovereignty doctrine. And that was because he had already gone to jail. Mm. Uh, so that's kind Got of, it. and they were saying you can't do that. And and that's a very specific instance. And I think that that, that is double jeopardy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that applies to that specific case, but it wouldn't in these other cases where these guys haven't gone to jail yet mm-hmm. and where the crimes aren't the same. Mm-hmm. And cause this was the exact same crime. And in these, like the Manafort case, you know how he's being, uh, taken, taken down in, uh, New York by yeah. the attorney general there. They're separate crimes. Or is it the DA, Manhattan district attorney for the, all the real estate? The mortgage stuff. Crimes, mortgage stuff, fraud, Ooh, stuff like that. I think it's the DA. That's like a all, quiz question. <laughs> that's all. Um, I think it's, it's Cy Vance, right? I can't remember. Anyway, um, that, that's all a different, those are different crimes. Yeah. Uh, so it's not the same. Well, no, they're, oh, wait a second. They're the same crimes. 
but it's tax, it's tax stuff. And so they have to do with state taxes and local real estate stuff because he evaded federal taxes and that mm-hmm. was the federal prosecution. Here he evaded the state taxes. Okay. Yeah. So basically charging for the same crimes but on a state level instead of a federal level. Right. Yeah. So and it's that, and technically that being a, considered like a separate or like new proceeding. It's technically a different crime because yeah. he evaded state taxes instead of evading federal taxes. Right. Yeah. There's like, there's different Different percentage. In that. Yeah, yeah. Whole different like system, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So this is one of those kind of things, the USV gamble. Uh, from experts and lawyers I've spoken to, including Barb McQuaid, Mueller grand jury um, material falls within the 6E guidelines, uh, and there's a lot of precedent for this. Uh, again, it could, could like I said, it could go any way, but I really think that the law is on the side on uh, on our side on this one. Uh, but this week, Judge Beryl Howell, the one that would decide on the grand jury stuff being sent to Congress, ruled that she would not release the name of the mystery company from Country A because the case is still ongoing. That's the continues robustly case. Uh, And maybe that's what the grand jury was meeting about this Friday. Or perhaps, uh, like I said, justice porn, total space beans, complete theory based on nothing. Please don't hold me to this. But maybe the grand jury is also pissed about the bar memo, like I said before. And they know from listening to Mueller, she wrote uh, about the Jaworski roadmap. Uh, And maybe they went down there to authorize the release of the materials to the House Judiciary, just like the the Watergate grand jury took it upon themselves to do. This is a dream of mine. Again, don't get mad if it doesn't come true dreams <laughs> all right you guys ready for sabotage yes all right initially this sabotage was about what did not happen this week uh we were expecting to get an update on the Sam Patton, like a sentencing update a sentencing memo in the Sam Patton case filed by the Mueller team and that was due midnight last night came and went didn't hear anything. Uh, and that immediately said to me, I remembered that whole Manafort filing when they, they got it all. And they, you know, they were supposed to release it by midnight, but there was so much of it, they had to go through it and redact it for public consumption. And so that that's what I thought was happening here. It says they're, they're looking at it. They're deciding if, if it can be released to the public. And if they redact any or part of it, that means that those parts are still part of an open and ongoing investigation, which makes sense because, as Jordan, you were saying, there are seven investigations into the president's inaugural. And Sam Patton is the guy who was selling tickets, you know, getting the <laughs> to the bringer. Yeah. yeah, to the bringer, uh, the Ukrainian bringer show. And uh, basically taking $50,000 from the two dudes that uh, got the polling data from Manafort via Kalimnik and funneled into the inaugural that's one of and and i know Mueller was and handed off was looking at all kinds of people like why were there so many uh chinese folks chinese businessmen and stuff like that what was all with all the the ukrainians and why were they all there and so i know that they're all that's a heavy investigation there's still it's still ongoing but yeah Mueller's done um <laughs> yeah he might be but seven investigations the ghost of Mueller lives on well just two minutes ago somebody sent me a something it's a photo, I think, of a of case docket. And it says, I'm looking at it right now, April 4th, 2019. Recommendation of PSI report prepared by Suspo, Kelly Kramer Soares. No idea. Uh, as to W. Samuel Patton regarding final pre-sentence investigation report, not for public disclosure per judicial conference policy. Entered April 4th, 2019. The end. Mm. So I don't know if somebody made this up or if, <laughs> if this is really what happened, but 
apparently we aren't allowed to see what's in that report yet interesting so you might need to take that on that knowledge with you in to the fantasy indictment league oh yeah i'm gonna be indicted no wait it's gonna be okay honey dick indicted I'm gonna be indicted! Hold it, they can't. It's gonna be okay. Just calm down. I can't calm down. I'm gonna be indicted! All right, guys, it is time to play, and I get to go first. I pick Assange. God damn it. (laughs) Assange apparently uh, is hours to days away from being uh, snatched up, kicked out of the Ecuadorian embassy. I'm worried about his cat. I wanna know what's going on with his cat. (laughs) There should be uh, an uh, an Assange's cat. On Twitter, just to keep me up to date. Yeah, I think someone said they actually do have it. Good, <laughs> and I hope I hope we get to tra- just follow the footsteps of the cat. Yeah, I, I, little, that's little my paw, biggest little bean prince. Little beans. That's my <laughs> biggest worry is his little peats. So, uh, and good then, pick. Good yeah, pick, Julissa. I'm gonna go with Weiselberg with the Cohen stuff. I think it's still gonna brew up. You know, nice. something. Yeah, Weiselberg. Mm-hmm. WikiLeaks. Ooh, WikiLeaks. Wiki, wiki. Can I call him Weaselberg? I'm sorry, I know we're past it, but like that's an, <laughs> is that a potential nickname? Okay, cool. Weasel, you, Weaselberg. You I have a question. Want. I keep picking WikiLeaks in addition to Assange because I'm assuming that that would entail like a different level of proceedings. Sure. It's a different indictment. Yeah, I would imagine. What is if he's the like head of it? Then isn't he still the person that's primarily implicated? I think WikiLeaks, as an entity, could also be indicted. Just yeah, when like, you indict an right, entity, no, I know it can, when you but, indict an entity, you aren't indicting any person you're indicting the so entity who goes itself. to represent them just a lawyer, <laughs> a lawyer yeah. and that's it i think and so, no yeah. other representative that's a good question me? yeah mm-hmm. interesting sure. okay well yeah i mean he'll be Wiki fucked leaks. double fucked but double right. fucked. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it is definitely a separate uh thing like we we indicted yeah. progosian and concord management mm-hmm. and Cambridge. concord management concord management yeah yeah the irene dudes um and he and concord management is represented right now by american lawyers mm-hmm. progosian is nowhere near the courtroom obviously he's not going to come to the united states he'll be snatched <laughs> up in a second yeah good example though uh, yeah, but yeah apples to oranges though a little bit different yeah mm-hmm. totally okay cool WikiLeaks. WikiLeaks. wiki 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 shut up um, <laughs> let's see i'm gonna go with uh ami cool inquirer Mm-hmm. I think it would be AMI since it's the parent company, but nice. they might just get the inquirer. But I think no, yeah, AMI was the one who signed the non-prosecutorial agreement. One of them. Cool. I'm gonna do Ivanka. All right. Yeah, I don't think she's invincible. A little. What do they call her behind her back? The White House staff calls her royalty princess or something like that. Like some kind, some kind of princess. Her Majesty. Yeah, but it's not even a, like a big burn. It's just like that's their way of like <laughs> making fun the White of her. House princess. Or yeah, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. Bitch. <laughs> princess royalty i think is what it is which is a cool rapper name i know someone who's like princess nokia so i can see that working out for a mixtape uh but yeah ivanka yeah i can't wait to hear ivanka's mixtape <laughs> you know i would give it to her because like I if not have you read a book she can't even talk yeah but bad bobby she's the one that was like catch me outside like uh or bad baby how you pronounce her name she's a really good rapper like ivanka should get out of politics and get into hip-hop and she might be more well-liked Mm, you're not buying it. it. I don't buy it. Hey, I'll let you know. If Although she drops a, a lot of people don't realize I can rap, so that's so true. Ag, you got mad bars. <laughs> bars. <laughs> Thanks, man. Okay, yes, Ivanka. Um, let's do Tom Barrick. Good one. Nice. That nice. guy's in trouble in like nine different ways. Yeah, he's the anti-Barack. He's the, he's the anti-Barack. I like it. He just needs a like a Van Dyke, like a mustache and an <laughs> evil goatee. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, I'm gonna go with Dylan Howard, mm. lawyer for AMI. 
He's also had a non-prosecution agreement. Pecker didn't, but Pecker got partial immunity. Yeah. So I'm going to go with Dylan Howard. Okay. I'm going to do Sherry Dillon. Good She's one. Yeah, one of those tax counsels for the Trump org. Mm-hmm. Good one. Mm, how about... Kushner. Kush. <laughs> Good Kush. <clears throat> I'm going to go with the Pecker. Oh, I thought you were going to say You're tripling Pecker. down there, huh? Yeah, I'm going all in on the AMI stuff. I like that. It's like a theme. Of yeah. yeah. Is that the fourth one? That is your fourth? All right. Uh, I will go with Junior. Oh, you did my last yeah. one. Yeah. Such a long shot, but he's just, I want to. I mean, something, right? Just down. for his face, for his beard, that little thing on his face. <laughs> totally. Yeah, I indict him for that. I indict you. <laughs> um, I'm going to say. Corsi plea agreement. Oh, bringing that back around. Bringing it back. In that case, I'm going to go with Blavatnik for okay. my last one. He's the guy who gave a bunch of money to Mitch. Yeah. I'm trying to write his name, and I'm like, I have no idea how to spell this. Ah, B-L-A-V-A-T-N-I-K. Wow, I wasn't too far off. No. Just a couple of letters. <laughs> Just all the letters. Just all but one. Um, okay, I am going to go with, um, we got all the kids except for Eric. I mean, honestly, Eric's just a fun one to pick, but um, yeah, I'm going to go with Eric because you never know. I don't think he's clean, and I, I always feel like I leave him out of the pick, so I have all the other siblings. <laughs> well, I forget that Tiffany is a person. That's right. Um, but I pick Eric over Tiffany. So, so does her dad. <laughs> yeah. I know it's kind of a throwaway, but if you're going to get one sibling, you might as well get them all. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, you guys have, or Jordan has one more. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Or oh. did, was it, let me see. One, two, three, four, yeah. Oh, shit. I'm so sorry. No worries. I was just sitting here researching Blavatnik. <laughs> He's the wealthiest man in the UK and the 50th wealthiest person in the world. Wow. And Bezos' uh, ex-wife is about to be the fourth richest woman. Every time I see her face, I'm like, that's the face of the fourth. That's really, it's the smirk on her face is what it seems like. She's <laughs> really, she's got to be a little happy about that. Or sad that her marriage is falling apart. So I don't want to be a dick. Yeah, that's also a bummer. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm going to say um, Dirty, Dirty Bert, Dirty Bert. Dirty oh, Bert Sanchez. Dirty oh, Bert Reynolds. Reynolds. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Michael Sanchez. Dirty Bert Reynolds. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yes. Michael Sanchez. Um, yeah. Because if they find more teeth to that Saudi connection, I'm going to think they're going to indict him. Beans. <laughs> nice. Okay. That's all five for us. All right, guys. That's how we do the Fantasy Indictment League. We will be right back with the interview with Greg Proops. Hey, Muller Junkies. You guys asked for more content and we're delivering. First, you can check out the new MSW Book Club episodes available to the public. Over a year ago, we read and reviewed the book Russian Roulette by Isakoff and Korn, and those episodes, previously only available to patrons, are now available to the public. Just look for MSW Book Club wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe, or for more information, go to mswbookclub.com. We're also developing a new daily news pod called The Daily Beans for the news beyond the Mueller investigation. And while we develop that show, we've been releasing full daily news updates to our patrons. 
patrons of Mueller, she wrote, will automatically become patrons of the Daily Beans. This week, we covered Yemen, Biden, the Violence Against Women Act, Wilbur Ross refusing to testify, Mnuchin failing his ethics review, Mitch McConnell lying to get out of military service, Puerto Rico, Trump walking back the border shutdown and replacing the Affordable Care Act, and the 2020 election. You can get these daily full episodes by becoming a patron for just three bucks at patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. You'll also get our newsletter, my show notes, access to the Fantasy Indictment League, ad-free main episodes, bonus content, and free gifts. Plus, you'll automatically become a patron of The Daily Beans when it premieres. So head to patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote and sign up today. You'll be glad you did. Hi, I'm Dan Dunn, host of What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, the most wildly entertaining adult beverage-themed podcast in the history of the medium. That's right, the boozy best of the best, baby. And we have the cool celebrity promos to prove it. Check this out. Hi, I'm Allison Janney, and you're here with me on What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. And that's my sexy voice. Boom. Boom is right, Academy Award winner Allison Janney. As you can see, celebrities just love this show. How cool is that? Hey, this is Scotty Pippen, and you're listening to The Dan Dunn Show. And, wait, hold on. The name of the show is what? All right, sure. Scotty Pippen momentarily forgot the show's name, but there's a first time for everything. Hey, everyone, this is Scoot McNary. I'm here with Dan Dunn on What Are You Drinking? What's it called again? Fine, twice. But famous people really do love this show. Hi, this is Will Forte, and you're, for some reason, listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. What do you mean for some reason, Will Forte? What's going on? Hi, this is Kurt Russell. Listen, I escaped from New York, but I couldn't get the hell out of Dan Dunn's happy hour. Please send help. Send help? Oh, come on, Kurt Russell. Can somebody out there please help me? I'm Dita Von Teese, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. <laughs> Let me try one more time. Come on. Is that oh, right? What we're no, drinking? It's amazing. It, it's it amazing. Right, it's just... Is it right? Ah, that's better. So be like Dita Von Teese, friends, and listen to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn, available wherever you get your podcasts. So, Renato, do you still have your own podcast? Yeah, it's complicated. What's so complicated about a podcast? That's the name of the podcast, remember? Oh, will you still be exploring topics that help us understand the week's news? You bet. But we'll have a new name because we're going to be working together to explore complicated issues that are dominating the news. Working together? Yeah, you're hosting it with me, remember? Oh, right. Wait. Does that mean our podcast is going to have a steam mop segment? Let's not get carried away. But we'll discuss hot new legal topics. So check out our new episode coming soon to everywhere you get podcasts as well as YouTube. Today for the interview, one of my favorite comics. He's got a new album out on iTunes called The Resistance. You know him from the Smartest Man in the World podcast. And whose line is it anyway? He'll be joining us live at the Largo in Los Angeles April 18th. Please welcome Greg Proops. Greg, thanks for joining us on Mueller, she wrote. Hi, A.G. Hello, Mueller's. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. We just got back from the road. You're on the road, so roads. Yeah. Mass, massive roads. I'm in Indianapolis. We're going to Bloomington tonight, which is kind of the, uh, I don't know how to describe it, the Berkeley of Indiana, if there is such a thing. Okay. Kind of like Athens in Georgia. Exactly. Well, right on. Um, let us know how that goes. That'll be cool. 
uh, are you doing a, a your are you touring on your album or are you doing Who's Line? Oh no, this is a Who's Line. Yeah, we got Dave Foley with us this week, and then next week Drew is uh, doing a bunch of shows, and then Dave comes back. Oh, cool. And then I go to a Star Wars convention. Ooh, where's that? In Chicago uh, on the fourteenth, uh, fifteenth. Nice. We just had WonderCon, and then Comic Con's coming up. We always go to that. Yeah, I've never been before. I mean, I went to Comic Con. Oh my god! In like eighty something, when it was little dinky nothing. Yeah, like three booths and guys selling comic books, and that was it. <laughs> right, that was a comic book exactly. And now, uh, uh, yeah, this is some big Star Wars to do in Chicago. So they asked me to come, so I'm doing it because uh, I was uh, I was in the of course the finest of all the movies, The Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> we did an animated show last year called The Resistance, and I was in that as well. And and then there was one a couple years ago called. Clone Wars? I can't remember. I think it was called Clone Wars. I played a bad guy in that one, which is cool. And I tried to kill Princess Amandala, and then my character gets blown into blown away, and then they call me after I did it, and they're like, do you want to do the same character again? And I was like, my character's dead. And they were like, Greg, it's Star Wars. It's a prequel. <laughs> so you're, you're never really dead in our universe. Oh, well, that's that's a bonus. It's good job security. It is, I know. Right? Yeah, they'll just reboot it every few years with time travel, and you're good to go. Exactly. And somehow I keep popping up in every incarnation of it, so I couldn't be... Uh, that's, it's good. It's fun. Yeah, that that is that is good. Um, well, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today <clears throat> about the... Uh, I want to see how you were feeling after the quote-unquote release of the quote-unquote Mueller report uh, and the now-seeming walk-back on the call for exoneration and no collusion, no coordination by the mainstream media. What? How are you? How are you thinking about this? Well, I mean, it's it's just, it's disappointing and disgusting, of course. But I mean, I think this was their the reason they even picked uh, Barr to be the AG is because he's uh, a completely in the bag, um, corrupt. He'd already written a bunch of papers and met with other guys at the Federalist Society saying that. He didn't feel the president could ever be indicted, and then he blocked that at every turn. And so, you know, Mueller's a square, you know, he's a, he's a straight shooter, and his team sent him this giant report because that was what they were legally supposed to do. They noticed they didn't leak it or give it to Jerry Nadler yep. or, you know, or the New York Times or whatever, um, or whatever the whatever right-wingers think uh, the press does, give it to the lefty lesbian vegan journal <laughs> in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, they played ball and they gave it to the Justice Department and he stuffed it. Then he gave that crappy redacted, uh, semi-coherent, uh, non-sentenced letter. And then what, there's been two subsequent letters that haven't clarified anything. And, and of course they did a victory lap about it. I mean, the one thing you can be sure of, I'm, obviously I'm burning with rage over the whole thing, but the one thing you can be sure of is that um, if Jeannie Pirro and uh, uh, Orange 45 are screaming something very loudly, that it's uh, the absolute opposite of the truth because they're compulsive, congenital, pathological liars. They have no track with the truth whatsoever. So him screaming no collusion and exoneration and all that means that there's tons of it in there. And, the, the, you know, they said, uh, the, the, you know, that you've been reading the New York Times and the Washington Post the last couple of days. Mueller's team's uh, packed off that it's being characterized this way, that it's some sort of blanket exoneration of him. They're like, it, by no means is it that. There's tons of stuff in there. This is an international conspiracy to commit crimes, and they've done a lot of research on it, and they spent a lot of time putting it together, and apparently have their own version that's, that is 
uh, redacted and ready to go to be released to the public without endangering anybody that doesn't want to endanger. His bar's whole rationale that certain people will be hurt or whatever, it flies completely in the face of how he acted um, during, you know, uh, the Clinton administration uh, and any precedent, let's be honest. When, when they impeach Clinton, Ken Starr, who's a terrible, terrible person and lawyer, um, released that awful report, and it was lurid and damaging and basically made Clinton more popular because it was so awful. And I think that all of Barr's reasons are just complete nonsense, and he's stonewalling. So I don't know. That was a long answer, but I, I, I don't. I think that it's gradually going to leak out. I think that they're they're subpoenaing the devil out of the report. I think that eventually uh, the Nadler's committee will get it. And also, I feel like this this uh, White House is super leaky. Um, it, it seems to me someone might get uh, jumpy and and throw it out there. That is a distinct possibility. You're right. That is everybody. It's pretty cutthroat there, and they all kind of want to dick each other over. So I mean, he's he's down to putting Herman Cain on the Fed. I mean, (laughs) we're talking about someone who you wouldn't let him walk your kid across the street. You know what I mean? Not only is he a known predator, he uh, he he has all the qualifications to be a Trump appointee. He's stupid, arrogant, entitled, and um, a sexual predator. Um, You may remember when Herman Cain ran for president. A reporter asked him about Uzbekistan, and he thought that it was a made-up country. And he went, Uzbeki, Beki, Bekistan, you're trying to trick me, <laughs> trick me by knowing where a foreign country was or what it was. And then his campaign went down in flames because it turned out he was sexually harassing everyone on Earth. Um, so he's exactly perfect um, for uh, 45 to put in there. And who's the other cat, Moore, or whatever his name is? He he's, hasn't paid his wife anything, you know... Basically, you have to be an abuser of women for him to recognize you and acknowledge you. Um, and then failing that, uh, or including in that, a white supremacist. Those are sort of the two. And willing to lie uh, at all times. Now, I think when Mattis left, Mattis certainly fit the bill because he was screaming white supremacist. But I think he just got tired of lying all the time. You know, at a certain point, his military training kicked in and he was like, no, I can't. I'm t- I'm to be changing your mind every two seconds because literally you know what successful policies have come in the last two years they got the tax cut for the rich that was pretty much it the only legislative thing maybe some of that crappy prison reform thing um of course establishing the you know the uh, child uh, detention prison pedophile camps that they have for immigrants now and all that they don't have a lot of – I mean, he was going to close the border, was he? And then he walked that one back. We were going to have uh, – we were going to destroy the uh, Affordable Care Act, and then they walked that one back after McConnell called him and went, do not do this to me. And I think that everything they come up with is so wildly unpopular with the public that the only reason we're not chasing everybody through the streets with torches is because the mainstream media is run by guys like Jeff Zucker. And uh, they're white guys, and they want to protect this. They want to keep it going. To them, it's a game. To them, it's a horse race. To them, it's both sides are equal. That's why the mainstream press exoneration of him and repeating the crappy White House talking points was a real shameful, shameful episode. If anything, they should have all just went, this is their version of this. We're going to wait until we see it. And I didn't see a lot of reporters other than Rachel, of course, and some other 
you know, astute reporters, uh, Natasha Bertrand and, you know, the usual, the ones that, are, that dig deep, uh, David Korn and the ones that are experts on this all went no. And the, but the you know, golly, the New York Times and the Washington Post and all happy to put out op-eds about how it should be over. And first of all, there's no such thing as collusion. We've talked about it before. There's conspiracy. Collusion's a made-up word. Um, and then there was Cohen's. Uh, he, I, I'm sure if you saw that today, Cohen's lawyers have tons of stuff. They're mad that he's going to have to do three years for what they've described as doing what Trump asked him to do. And so they're saying, you know, he's got tons of material on the Russian meetings and all the things that we knew took place. I mean, even if they say that they're exonerated, it doesn't change the very facts that we already know. There was a meeting at Trump Tower. There was a real estate deal in place that uh, Trump Jr. and uh, Jared were at the meeting with Manafort. It doesn't change that Manafort's going to jail. It doesn't change that Cohen's going to jail. I think it was a major fail uh, on um, the media. But then, AG, I'm just so I don't believe in the fake news thing. I really, I really detested it. So Nazi Germany, it just makes me sick. It's absolutely out of the the Nazi playbook. They always use that phrase, and um, it's also anti-Semitic. Um, let's be honest. Uh, but to call it the the press fake news and the lying press is uh, what are the German what are the Nazis called the Leugen press right they lie yeah straight out of uh, Goebbels handbook yeah oh, absolutely Goebbels uh, invented that uh, you know really popularized that idea because they had movies and radio and um, Hitler more than FDR pioneered the use of the radio address as soon as radio got popular in the 30s he went on every week and then it was all about the Jews and the communists and the intellectuals and the and the and the queers and the, you know this and that and demonizing everybody and um i think that's what they try to do however having said that i feel like the press could have been a little more staunch about this Mueller report instead of folding and just going oh well he says he's exonerated he must be it's like no 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 yeah, I think they did definitely fold, uh, like you said. And, you know, speaking of one of our biggest mistakes was kind of giving Barr the benefit of the doubt. We're like, he's friends with Mueller. He's been the AG before. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, around Contra, kind of a cover up kind of a pardony guy. But, you know, let's wait and see what happens. And now it just seems to me like he's um, doing cover up uh, for Trump instead of being an independent, you know, head of the Department of Justice. I think the whole point of his appointment was uh, that he'd assured them beforehand, much like Kavanaugh or much like Gorsuch or Mnuchin or Ross or DeVos or any of these knuckleheads that are in there, they had assurances beforehand that uh, they would absolutely protect him at all costs and toe the line. Um, And that's why he was put in. The Senate approved him because we're missing four Republicans with um, a conscience. All these things passed by a couple, three votes. And uh, if Mitch McConnell um, was to suddenly turn into a box of cornflakes tomorrow, it would be the best thing that ever happened to the United States. It's been the most destructive force of, in politics in the last 20 years. The thing I, that, that I can't wrap my head around is what happened to Rosenstein. He seemed to be a heat shield for this whole thing, and now he is not. No, he notice how uh, quiet he's been the last week. I think they've been muscling him, and I think... Um, I had a feeling that I thought he might even resign uh, at some point. 
uh, over this nonsense, but I think they're just going to try to, they're big, they don't have a big overarching uh, strategy, and he's not a genius. He doesn't think of long-range plans or anything like that, because he doesn't have any thoughts about long-range plans. He doesn't read, he receives all his information through television, and he doesn't even watch all the stations, he only watches the one he likes, and you know, Rosenstein was a replacement, and I think what scared him at first was that he had too much integrity. And now we're seeing that um, he's willing to kind of play ball on this, too. Yeah, I just don't get it, because he is a witness in the obstruction of justice case. Uh-huh. So, Barr is clearly obstructing justice, because he's, what are we up to, three letters now, explaining why he isn't releasing the report that he said he was going to release. Of course, 45 said a week ago, hey, release it, let everyone see it. And then as soon as it came out, nope, don't release it. Because he knows that there's going to be page after page after page after page of descriptions of him obstructing justice and other nefarious activities going on. Um, I think that the attorney generals in New York and Virginia, uh, other jurisdictions, are going to be carrying on with this case for a long time. I don't think anyone's out of the woods on this. I don't think it even begins to describe the breadth and scope of the Trump crime organization. I think when um, Adam Schiff gets Mueller in front of the committee, which he described as inevitable yesterday, that's going to be a moment, and hopefully that'll be televised. If you see Bob Mueller up there for all day in front of that committee, of course all the Republicans will act like morons, and Jim Jordan will scream, and, you know, uh, uh, and they'll all act like the pinheads that they are, and, and they're having a race to see who can be the stupidest between Louis Gummert, Matt Gates, Mark Meadows, Jim Jordan, and of course the reprehensible Steve King. But I think when they get Mueller in there, Mueller is going to be very forthcoming. And now we have uh, Jerry Nadler, who, uh, based on the Washington Post and New York Times reporting from this week, saying that there were people in Mueller's team who wrote up summaries, front matter for each section of the report that were intended for the public. Um, that Nadler's demanding these summaries and, and trying to find out, get all communications regarding why these summaries weren't released. And Barr is sort of walking it back, saying that he can't, he couldn't release the summaries because they contained grand jury material. So he wants us to believe that career DOJ, FBI, Mueller team lawyers wrote summaries for public consumption that weren't allowed to be viewed by the public. And that has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. It's absolutely the biggest blanket lie. It's a. It, it, now we're into like the communist Russia playbook here, where you just say something that's absolutely the obverse of the truth. As you said, Mueller's team, or what did what did forty five always call them, the fifteen angry Democrats, which they aren't, are all experienced prosecutors, and they were never going to write something. Their summation, I'm sure, is extraordinary reading. You know, it's going to be page after page of facts laid down very carefully. It's not going to be the incoherent. I, I believe there was no full sentences on the first crappy four-page letter that Barr put out. Right. Just sentence fragments. So this is where we're at here. We're at, we're at the illiterate level of um, governance. Yeah, it is. It's, it's a shocking state of affairs. But I don't think, you know, I don't think it holds together forever. Here's a question for you. Do you think that the Democrats, some people are saying the Democrats, Jerry Nadler, the committee chairs in the House, should wait uh, to see what they get from Barr before they start demanding the report? Or do you think they're right to immediately 
um, you know, request and then probably subpoena these reports? I think they're right to do it. Um, I think Neil on the um, is he on the finance committee? He's uh, asked the IRS for all of uh, 45's returns. I think that that's why 45's you know running around crazy, saying crazy stuff like windmills cause cancer and stuff, uh, um, because he's being besieged on all sides. Um, now everybody knows for a bloody fact, which we already knew, that Kushner not only is a security risk, he should have never had security clearance. That he's, what was the, I can't remember the exact description the other day. Him and Ivanka were described as, um, their personal encounters with people were not even savory. Meaning, my guess is that they've been calling up every Saudi and Chinese person they could and tried to sell everything they know. And uh, so uh, that's coming down on him too. Um, Felix Sater's going to testify, is he not, in a week's time? Um, Cohen is desperate to squeal more because Cohen is desperate not to do any of that three years. If his lawyers blew that thing open today with all this Russian stuff and they're like, please look at it, uh, he, he just doesn't want to go to prison for what he feels like was his job. His job was to cover up. His job was to intimidate. His job was to be the mob lawyer. And so he did it and then he got caught for it and he got, he, you know, he got federal time. And now he wants to sing and sing and sing and sing. I mean, you know, the idea that anyone's defending him at this point is this is the lowest point in history for the Republican Party, obviously. I, I lived through Watergate, and I lived through Iran-Contra, and I lived through Whitewater, and W and Cheney, and they were all just awful. There's been like four presidents ever who weren't white supremacists, you know, and... <laughs> Uh, the, the amount of corruption in Reagan administration was astonishing. And it was recommended that he put everyone in jail. And Herbert Walker came in and just wrote a, wrote a pretty get-out-of-jail-free card. The, what happened in Iran-Contra was a, a complete breach of the Constitution and the Bolin Amendment. It was really bad. Um, what happened in Watergate is kind of smallish potatoes considered compared to what this is going on now. We're talking about a contact with a foreign power to disrupt the United States and to change the course of the election, which it did. And we know all this. And my God, the national security advisor pleaded guilty and is going to go to jail. And he had all the code books and he had all the information and he spent a couple months in office just selling it all out to the Russians. And yet people come on TV and yell and scream and people write fiery op-eds and, uh, Lindsey Graham gets up every morning and Mitch McConnell gets up every morning and, you know, drink a bowl of human blood because they're on a keto diet or whatever, and, you know, go about their merry way. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Ed Gene, because I'd like to, I try to understand evil, and I keep coming back to the horrible Orwellian conclusion that he makes in 1984 when, um, uh, when O'Brien is torturing Winston at the end. And Winston says, I know how, I just want to know why. Why do we have this state of terror? And O'Brien says, power. The, the, the reason for power is power. And power is the power to inflict pain on other people. And that's it. He goes, there's, you, there isn't a big, the, what is it? The revolution isn't to overthrow the government. The, government is, the revolution is to install the government, you know. And 
I'd like to think that it's not that way, but I'm kind of believing with these people it is. Because otherwise, why would you want the entire world poisoned, want everything, the economy to be destroyed, our standing to be toppled in the world? Why would you do all these things? What's the end game of it? I know McConnell's real old, but not all of them are real old. Certainly they realize they're... This is his, his presidency will be over in a couple of years, or at least will face the possibility of being over. And what are they going to run on? I mean, the midterms wasn't a big smashing success for them. They, they barfed up 100 seats to women. All of a sudden, there's all these women of color running around Congress, which has them completely scared. And their term for scared is crazy, right? Anytime anyone's progressive or of a different color or of a different gender, they're crazy. Yeah, they're gaslighting us, basically. And and to your point about, you know, the the Orwellian, I know how, but why, um, I've, we've got a friend, um, a friend of mine, comedian named Tamar Catan. He's got a new podcast out called They Tried to Bury Us. It's, a, it's about immigration. Um, very uh, funny, but also very progressive guy. And he talks about how fear and hate and power, you know, being the things that they're after as the why are like an addiction because they're easy. And, and so I think when I, to answer your question there, when I frame this power and hate uh, and fear as kind of an addiction, like a drug addiction, um, it, it seems to make a little more sense to me as to why uh, they would continue to go after this, uh, this power for seemingly no other reason than to hurt, people and it's because it feels good to them and they're addicted to it yeah because you know uh they're hemorrhaging women they have been for a while the midterms was an absolute forum on on him and his policies well the only way they can win is to cheat that's the only way they can win they have to make sure that the electoral college stays in which is why there needs to be a big push to abolish it they have to make sure that voter suppression is entrenched, which is why he wants to make Kobach the, you know, voting czar. And Kobach's the most egregious oppressor of voters since Brian Kemp and a screaming white supremacist. They want to make sure women can't have uh, health care, mm-hmm. which is, uh, you know, the Nazis did the same thing. One of the first things in the 30s was to ban abortion. I think they are literally trying to kill Democratic voters by <laughs> abolishing health care, taking away welfare, taking away food stamps, taking away Medicare, uh, uh, shutting down the border. Um, because I, Tucker, Car- Tucker Carlson said the other day that Democrats want open borders because we want to, quote unquote, change the population, uh, which is some Nazi shit right there. But uh, I think they're literally trying to eliminate through death Democratic voters uh, and then also, you know, they, they're attacking it from multiple sides, right? Because you've got uh, all those things that I just mentioned, plus the districting, plus the voting czar, killing voting rights bill, suppression, and teaming up with uh, foreign adversaries who are global authoritarians to try to uh, suppress the vote. Yep. And all those things are going on. And uh, at the same time, if uh, the the election is happens one uh, there's all of course the the crazy dog scenarios of they try to stop the election from happening two um the election happens he loses and he refuses to abdicate and somehow the justice department has to remove him from office or the army or whatever happens at that point 
then it becomes a coup. Uh, uh, if if it's allowed to, if we even have an election that was as tainted as the last one, they're going to lose. All the all the states that went for him got weaponized. I think everybody's hip to the jive. I think people are more galvanized than there ever were. I'm sure in your life, you've seen people who didn't ever care one whit for politics. All of a sudden, are card carrying in the street, signing up, going to meetings, activating, you know, becoming activists. And I think uh, it's kind of scaring them a little. The world's changing real fast. The problem is they got a lot of billionaires. They got all the resources because rich white guys run everything and they got a lot of rich white guys. Yeah. And and regarding um, your point on gaslighting, um, because I think I think a, one of our listeners maybe emailed me and said that, that where that term originates from is, is somebody who was telling uh, another person that they were crazy because that person thought that the lights in these gas lamps were getting brighter and dimmer uh, and he would change the levels of them but tell them but tell the other person you're crazy if you think that until the, the person believed it but if you can find a way to measure the light uh, and I think he had said something like it's called the, the luminous flux or something like that then that's the way to resist uh, being gaslit is proving that the light levels are changing uh, and so I just thought that was a really interesting sort of analogy um, and metaphor for kind of what's going on right now. And because, you know, I, you know, I'm going to get a bunch of emails saying I'm absolutely insane thinking that Republicans are suppressing the vote uh, in ways that actually physically harm. You're not insane at all. Denying people health care is a great way to, you know, kill a bunch of people. Infant mortality rates gigantically high now. We're, we're really poor in that. Uh, people are, there's the poverty level. I'm here in Indianapolis. I've been hit up 72 times between here and across the street. Um, poverty is raging. And then we have to hear Howard Schultz go on and talk about how socialism will never work. Uh, and uh, Jamie Dimon talking about how, you know, gee, capitalism's great and everything. And it's like, Jamie Dimon should be in jail <laughs> for what happened in 2008. And Howard Schultz should just shut up. If, if he really wants to help, he shouldn't run for president. He should give one of the women running for president a gajillion dollars and campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, no, yeah, you, you, you know, people don't want to believe the worst. I still get people saying to me, you used to be funny before you were all political. It's like, I, one, I've always been political. And two, you hiding your head in the sand and wanting me to just make you laugh as a clown is not going to stop everything that's happening. So, mm-hmm. And three, I'm a citizen and I pay taxes and I have as much right as anyone else. And four, I'm really, really funny, so fuck you. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell political jokes. And I have, I have the facts to back it up. So uh, they are trying to kill people and they are trying to do this. It's not paranoia. There's a movie from um, oh, 1940 maybe with Ingrid Bergman and Charles Boyer. And um, it's called Gaslight. And it fantastically... Um, uh, Angela Lansbury plays the slutty, horrible, duplicitous maid in it. Mm-hmm. And um, Ingrid Bergman is with Charles Boyer, and he keeps lying to her all the time. She's like, well, did this just happen? He's like, no, you're imagining it, dear. And she starts to go mad. And um, uh, I, that's exactly what they're trying to do. They, What was it? What Orwell also says the, the, the chief command of the party was to absolutely not believe what you, you saw right in front of you. Yeah, what you see with your eyes and hear with your ears. Um, and that was their final something or other, yeah. 
Yes, yeah, yeah. That's her final and most important command. There's a scene in the book where he, because uh, he works at the Ministry of Information, which is the or the Ministry of Truth, which is in charge of lies, and uh, the chocolate ration's gone from three grams to two grams, and then he's given the assignment to write the article the next day that the chocolate ration's been raised to two grams, and he had written, he just saw it come across his desk the day before that it was lowered. And so he writes it and sends it and, and you know, the world goes on. And I feel like that's where we're at now. We reached a level of criminality where um, 45's destroyed so many, uh, you know, we're not having press conferences anymore. They just shout. Well, what did she say the other day? Smokey Eyes said, uh, I got in trouble because I called her Sarah Huckaboom Pound Cake. It wasn't meant to be about her weight. It was just, just I thought it was funny, but. Uh, I don't. I try not to touch him. Smokey, I said, uh, Democrats are sore losers. <laughs> we're at the, we're the juice box level of discourse here. Not to mention, they seem to completely forget what happened in the midterm elections. Boy, did that get not played. I mean, I've been saying it over and over again. There's 100 black women mayors all over the country. Mm -hmm. Chicago just elected a black lesbian woman mayor. Mm -hmm. um, San Francisco has a black woman mayor. Atlanta has a black woman mayor. New Orleans, Charlotte. Um, the, the, the face of everything changed. And still only women are, uh, are only 25% of the Congress and, what, 23% of the Senate. And still men are mad about it. And still men are pushing women around and um, making comments about Alexander uh Cortez and, and making they're crazy they're out of control and you've seen how excellent all the new Congress women have been mm -hmm. Katie Porter and Katie Hill and Ayanna Presley and uh, Cortez they get in there and they dig deep and they don't let these guys off the hook and um, I think that the people who chair all these committees it's just a, it's a world of change and I think that's what's got them spooked too they didn't expect after the Ryan Congress for this Congress to be um, fulfilling their job, which is to conduct oversight. But Pelosi said it yesterday. She said, you want to be presidential? Let's see the bar report. You want to be presidential? Let's see your tax returns. And we're going to keep asking until we get them. And that can be some hope to carry on. I'd like to think that, you know, I don't know about fixing this in my lifetime, but certainly we can pull back from the, having a crime family run the, run the show here because uh, it is confusing and depressing every day to uh, to wake up to this and try to make any kind of sense out of that. Yeah, well, I think the answer is that we just, uh, we've been saying it for a while now, we just have a vote in numbers too big to manipulate. Um, it's up to us, really. Uh, we've always been saying, you know, Mueller is not a messiah. He's not a savior. Uh, I, Andrea Chalupa on the show a couple of weeks ago said, we are the Mullers we've been waiting for. And... Uh, <laughs> We have to leave this up to ourselves in Congress. Um, the Mueller report, or excuse me, the Barr letter, did not give Trump any boost. I thought he would his um, uh, ratings would go up, but they did not, or his approval rating, uh, but it didn't. And so I think that what slowly drips out of this Mueller report, on top of all of the public reporting we already are aware of, uh, can only be negative uh, for him. Uh, so we just have to keep demanding that, demand his tax returns, keep these investigations full throttle and and vote. Uh, fortunately, we're Democrats. We can do two things at once. Um, so I think uh, I think that's going to be the answer. We are 
are we 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 get the government we deserve. Uh, we have to work harder. We have to battle uh, electoral college. We have to battle uh, redistricting. We have to battle foreign influence. We have to battle cheating and misinformation and disinformation campaigns and propaganda. But uh, I think we can do it. There's way more of us. I think we can do it. I agree. I couldn't agree more, AG. I think the overwhelming tide, uh, like you said, if everyone voted who wasn't for this, they stand no chance of winning. And I also noticed that uh, within a couple of days, the, all the polls came out and no one believed them. Everyone believes that Mueller was right and that they shouldn't be withholding this. And this isn't really working either. But then nothing they do really works. They just keep repeating stuff and lying and screaming and hoping it all goes away, which is, I think, their big game plan is to hope it all goes away. I mean, part of why I could see him not wanting to ever leave the office is that he's certain to be chased down as a private citizen if he lives through this. If he becomes a private citizen, there's a lot of legal trouble for him. We definitely have to stay involved, not get fatigued and vote. So uh, we, we appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, everybody, check out Smartest Man in the World podcast. Uh, of course, Whose Line Is It Anyway? And uh, your new album out on iTunes called The Resistance. Everybody, it's Greg Proops. Hopefully we'll see you April 18th at the Largo. Right on. Thanks, AG. Thanks. All right, guys, that is our show this week. Uh, we will see you next week when our guest will be Scott Stedman. So stay tuned for that. Uh, patrons, we'll see you tomorrow for the Daily Beans or the Daily whatever, <laughs> <laughs> the Daily Update uh, that will soon become the Daily Beans. So Daily Bean Sprouts, I suppose. Uh, you can become a patron and get all the things. Uh, Patreon.com slash MullerSheWrote. Please, if you get a few seconds, head to MullerSheWrote.com. Click the link to vote for us for the People's Voice Webby for Best News and Politics Pod. It would seriously change our lives if we won, which could be really important since we're all going to be relying on the pod to pay the bills from now on. Uh, and remember... Uh, we are the Mullers we've been waiting for. Start getting involved in 2020 now. Um, it's our government. And uh, please remember, you're not just voting for yourself. You're voting for everyone. So stay positive and vote for the winner of the Dem nomination. Steer clear of campaigns that say or bust at the end of them uh, or encourage <laughs> you not to vote. Those ideas originate with the GOP and Russia. Uh, we have to vote. We have to vote for the Democrat. Any final thoughts, guys? Yeah, today is Paul Rudd's birthday. He's 50 years old, but you wouldn't know it because he him. never ages. I love him so yeah. much. Yeah, we're a big fan of him on the show, especially AG. Back into the real world. Yeah, someone had a tweet. It was like um, a picture of Paul Rudd next to Stephen Miller, and it was like, Paul Rudd's 50, Stephen Miller's 33. You know, this is what happens when like <laughs> you just have hatred in your heart, and you know, don't be Stephen Miller, be Paul Rudd. It's beautiful, yeah. That's great. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, have a great week, everybody. Thanks for listening. Yes, we and do. And vote for Webbies. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do really appreciate all of you. Uh, please take care of each other. Love each other. Volunteer to help some strangers this week. And until next time, I've been AG. I've been Julissa Johnson. I've been Jordan Coburn. And this is Muller She Wrote. Muller She Wrote is produced and engineered by AG with editing and logo design by Jaleesa Johnson. Our marketing consultant and social media manager is Sarah Lee Steiner, and our subscriber and communications director is Jordan Coburn. Fact-checking and research by AG, and research assistance by Jaleesa Johnson and Jordan Coburn. Our merchandising managers are Sarah Lee Steiner and Sarah Hirschberger Valencia. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios, and our website is MullerSheWrote.com.
They might be giants have been on the road for too long. Too long. And they might be giants aren't even sorry. Not even sorry. And audiences like the shows too much. Too much. And now they might be giants are playing their breakthrough album Flood. All of it. And they still have time for other songs. They're fooling around. Who can stop They Might Be Giants and their liberal rock agenda? Who? No one. Decide to pay for it with somebody else's money. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th. Or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.